Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to the Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that currently has a dancing toaster that it puts its own freshly baked bread in. And if you need some of that, you should come like contact me at Extraplasm on Twitter or Instagram because I'll send you sourdough starter if you really want it. Uh, but joining me this week, I'm really excited for the entire episode, not just for an interview, uh, is from my perspective, a Ghostbusters legend and like the OG of Ghostbusters podcasting who is literally shaking his head on webcam right now as if this is not true, but it totally is. And I was thinking about how long I could make a really congratulatory like introduction as if I was Kevin Smith and be like, he's been podcasting for over 10 years and also has had a website for 25. But for those of you out there who listen to the cross rip and have been really sad about your Mondays, I want you to welcome Chris Stewart to the show. Hello. Hi, Not Christa. a legend, and I don't know about OG, because there's there's several people that had uh, a handful of different podcasts That's true. before Troy and I went at it. Well, so. and OG, let's say that you're an, you are an original <laughs> podcast gangster uh, that you know before. Sure, like there's you West know, Coast. Yes, there you yeah, go. Okay. it's a we- sure. West Coast Canadian uh, OG <laughs> gangster posse of podcasters. So. Um, None of those things comfortably apply to me or my vocabulary, but okay. Well, let's just roll with it. Fair enough. But well, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm really excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, first I I haven't talked Ghostbusters online with anybody in months, so (laughs) this is this is both familiar and. Uh, uh, I don't know what's going on anymore. So you had to find the the actually blow the dust off the microphone and. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> but uh, I li- actually I literally did have to like search around for the uh, the the plug for the the zoom and then rifle around for some cords and uh, it's it's uh, yeah so it's what happens when but, you leave the game momentarily uh, you lose all your stuff I lose my headphones every week though so <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well I have a 10 year old so I lose my headphones for very clear and obvious reasons yeah those so. just go they get borrowed by someone else and they disappear I'm sure so <laughs> exactly um, but thank you again precisely I, I'm very appreciative nope. that you're thank here thank you well let's thank um, thanks to both of us <laughs> we're great <thank> <laughs> And thank you, listeners. Everybody, pat yourself on the back. Most importantly, thank you to everybody out there. Uh, And let's, like, just because he's not here, let's thank Troy Benjamin. (laughs) Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Troy. (laughs) But for real, actually, thank uh, you, Troy. Uh, Because Troy was... Thank you, Troy. Troy Troy is literally the person who was like, hey, you should make sure you reach out to Chris Stewart and uh, say hi. That's right. So... Yeah. Well, I can say thanks, Troy, for the pizza, because I actually just saw him a couple weeks ago. Nice. Good. Good for you. We were in the same space, and he bought us pizza. So I bet I have an idea where. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. His favorite place. Yeah. So. <laughs> we will not be like, here's where to find Troy Benjamin for pizza. That's if right. you want to find him, here's where. Um, that would be messed up. <laughs> but No, uh, my, my family was on the road, and... Um, Actually found uh, a lunchtime to head over his way and hang out with his family. And right on. our children compared notes on what things they're staring at iPhones for. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 
So. Well, if you're not sure who Chris Stewart is or who Troy Benjamin is, and you've got this far into this podcast, one, I don't Good even, I don't even know how you got here. Um, cause like, this is like a, basically like a, a seed that fell from a podcast tree, uh, and that grew and was like, it's not a replacement for, but it's kind of like this because it appreciates it. But, uh, Chris and Troy have been running the podcast, been running the cross rep for, I mean, how, what is that? Did did, did 10 years? Is it that long? Oh, no, 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 no. It started 20, somewhere in 2015, summer of 2015, I believe. It's because it was before the 2016 movie. Because I remember the first couple, the announcement of the 2016 movie is what spurred Troy on to to want to do the podcast. And I remember the first handful of episodes, I was able to sit outside. So in Vancouver, (laughs) that can only mean it's not wintertime. Right. So. Without having to go digging it up. Yeah, it started in the summer of 2015. Gotcha. And then, yeah, we got to, long story short, uh, yeah, got to within spitting distance of Afterlife, and we both kind of went, um, you know, there there is discussion to be had, but at the same time, we both kind of wanted to punch out and and uh, just kind of come into the movie fresh. So, yeah, we, um, well, and there's more than that as well. Uh, Troy had work and you know sure. other considerations, which is why we haven't haven't been back. But uh, so yeah, all told, I think we were in our technically our sixth season when we kind of slowed slowed the roll. Gotcha. So. But your but Proton Charging yeah. is the website you ran since like, I mean, like that's a that's a long haul. That's like twenty some odd years. Yeah. Unless, well, if again, not even the website, like at a, least the presence online. But yeah. Sure, the presence is one thing. I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 really fuzzy because I know officially I started fooling around with this in '95, but I don't think any proper records go back that far because there was a period of time where proton charging was being run out of my university account. Gotcha. And there's there's no wayback machine record of that or anything <laughs> like that whatsoever. Uh, and then I think about 2009 when social media really kind of, uh, maybe a little later that around, it feels like around the time the video game came out, the, the Ghostbusters, the video game came out. Yeah. I kind of just for, again, I, you know, uh, work and then shortly thereafter had a child and all that. It was like running the, running a, a blog or a magazine style website was getting harder and harder and harder so that kind of dialed back and i just sort of leaned heavily on i think initially facebook and whatever whatever tools they had at the time to kind of scrape all of that stuff and then auto post to the website so the website's still there uh it's just at this point it's it's you know it's king tut's tomb of of (laughs) ghostbusters fandom right like it hasn't moved in about four or five years nothing new's been added well maybe even longer and dust everywhere and salt acid and <laughs> snake pits and all that sort of thing. There's some pit in the middle of it that occasionally rises up and causes seismic waves to happen. And you got some, that's right. Some well, weird proton beams strapped to the walls that keep everything together. <laughs> well, more accurately, I get notices from the, the, sur- the, the host going, your blah, blah, blah has exceeded limits. And I was like, Nobody comes to the site. What that? So I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> out there using proton charging for like email phishing schemes, or an image I posted there ended up on Tumblr or something. I have no idea. And just just for four days, things you know the bandwidth spikes to hell and gone, and they get all do something about it. And I was like, I haven't logged in in four years. Why start now? <laughs> just keep charging me every year and 
shut up. So, <laughs> I pay from this museum. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> you just leave my museum alone. <laughs> so I'm happy to pay for the museum. Right. I don't have the time to deal with it. <laughs> if this was GeoCities, you wouldn't do this to me. <laughs> That's right. Now, God, that'd be a safe place to stash it. I should, yeah. That's a way to date yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make GeoCities <laughs> jokes, everybody. Um, yeah, well, exactly. So I'm excited you're here. We're going to talk about a few Ghostbusters headlines as we often do on this show, um, and then we I actually have a correction to make from last week, so we'll do that too because uh, I was sloppy and not good at <laughs> checking my facts last week before talking out of turn. Uh, and, oh. and we'll talk to you a bit more about uh, just Chris Stewart things. How life is with Chris Stewart and what Chris Stewart thought of Ghostbusters Afterlife and what Chris Stewart thinks about sure. what's coming because the, I I don't get to talk to I mean, I don't I didn't get to talk to you on Mondays before. It wasn't like you were channeled in my <laughs> podcasting and I was like, "Ooh, Chris is talking to me now." But I mean, I do say this that um there's a parasocial thing about podcasting and when you listen to something every week at the same time, every Monday, and then you engage right. with tweets with other people about the same thing, it does become a weird thing when that thing just disappears and you go, where did those guys go? <laughs> yeah, so, well, I appreciate you haven't gone, uh, you know, full Hinkley on me or anything like that. So that's, that's my, no, I do have my first, I do have a key question for you though, which is like, uh, I sure. said before this all start, before I started this podcast in episode one, I said that, uh, when that you and Troy were like the Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel of Ghostbusters podcasting. And then I realized that like when you had your recording with Kevin Lim in November, that Mm -hmm. you and Kevin were trying to decide which of you is the Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert of podcasting too. So which one are you? Uh, Troy said he could, he wasn't sure you'd have to fight over it, but yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it's a proper correlation because those two, just because of what their show was, had kind of learned to, uh, you know, there had to be kind of a balance. You had, to, and they they both had to speak up and sound out and all that. Whereas, oh, and boy, let's be honest. I mean, they're just movie reviewers, so that's that's pretty <laughs> pretty pretty cut and dry. I think it's more like trying to ask, you know, you know who who's Howard Stern and who's Robin Gibbons or. That's fair. Which one of us was Howard Stern and which one of us was Gilbert Godfrey guesting on Howard Stern or something. <laughs> I, 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 Troy, Troy's background is in, is in, 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 in communications. So Troy, actually, you know what? The, the better one is who's the Abbott and who's the Costello. Okay. And I'm the Costello and he's the Abbott. <laughs> All right. Cause he can be funny, but he's the one keeping, he's, technically the straight man. Gotcha. And I'm just the bumbling idiot. I, you know, so, <laughs> Uh, well, when, when silence falls upon the podcast, I just open my big mouth and stupid stuff comes out. And as they say, that makes good radio. So I don't think that's true, but thank you for being here to bumble. I appreciate the bumbling effort, uh, as we've both bumble and stumble together through, uh, episode four, which has definitely not episode 46. And this podcast has yet to find its voice, <laughs> but we got 42. Well, congratulations. You made it. Let's put it this way. You've made it to episode four, Thank which you. is, uh, I know you don't think it's a big deal, but you've, you've technically gotten over a hump. I did. So, I and I'm, ex- I'm excited. I hope. Yeah. You've survived it. Trust me, the number of this is what we're going to do and they get three out and die. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I hope that the hump is the the hump where I figure out how to not have bad audio. Like that's, (laughs) I'm like, in two years, you'll go back and listen to your first podcast and go, oh my God, I was recording inside of an alleyway sitting in a tin can. This is terrible. So 
All right. So yeah, well, I mean, it it took us forever to, to kind of get anywhere. And to be honest, the solution was lots of work for Troy is what it came yeah. down to, right? Like I don't even know that there's the internet makes it easy to connect, but the internet has not, as promised, made it easy to sound good. That's so, true. So um, hopefully, if you're listening you, right you're, now, you're at a yeah, you're at a slight disadvantage because the person on the other end literally could be talking into a tin can. You don't know. With me, you mildly lucked out that I'm sitting in a basement piled with random gear that I was able to cobble <laughs> together something that sounded half okay, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm running. I got lazy and I didn't want to find my my old mics in the mic stand, so I'm using the 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 clip-on mic that uh, Troy insists doesn't sound as good. Uh, but you know, I think is probably serviceable enough. It's but, serviceable enough um, for this podcast. If you've heard episodes one yeah. through three, then you're like, "Hey, um, that there's there's not a dog barking." That only happened in one interview, <laughs> and nothing. And that, to be fair, that dog's name was Zool, so it was fine. <laughs> Here's the thing: we live in an era where, th- in theory, you should be able to connect with anybody and say, "Hey, I want you on the show," and would you mind recording into your 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 iPhone or your your Android phone, like because they all have the basic recorder, mm-hmm. they'll all sound halfway decent. Then send me the, and that is two steps too many for the average person to not somewhere <laughs> uh, just strip over it or screw it all up or I accidentally erased it or I don't know how to send it to you or all sorts. It's like it's it's like trying to help my mom with her online banking sort of thing. So it's it's <laughs> it's. it's it's and it's it's we'll get there i, I think it's going to just get easier and easier and easier and the technology is just going to be cheaper and cheaper yeah. and cheaper where i mean even now like i've had conversations you and i are looking at one another on various webcams yeah. and i'm using just a off-the-shelf hd one that i got at staples and i've had conversations with people where they're like actually you sound you know pretty darn good and i was like that's just the dumb hd uh, <laughs> webcam that i plugged in so it's like I've had, get there. had the conversations with my uh, my colleagues at work who say to me, wow, you know, you look really good on your camera often. Like, you know, it's, it's really like, what do you have? And I'm like, oh, I have a, a Samsung Galaxy S7 from five years ago that's running Droid Cam uh, connected to a bunch of USB cords and things. I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, don't go, never mind. That's what, what I have is junk that I've made work because that's what Ghostbusters are now. Away. <laughs> if it was well like i say though you, you you made it over you made it to four episodes which means you you're starting to establish the routine you've you've knocked the sharp edges off of a few things um yeah and i'm i'm imp- i'm 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 actually very happy thank you i was about to say i'm impressed but that sounded really talk downy well i good <laughs> for you jim <laughs> i'm really proud of you you've what i mean to say is, is i'm very Yes, you good. Good for you. That's why uh, I had you on. I was like, we're, we haven't even gotten okay. to headlines yet. Like we're bra- as the whole format, we're breaking it, and I'm cool with it because it's like whatever. But like, yeah, I think it's funny. That's like, all I can do. It's why I'm here? I why am the here. Costello of podcasting. Like, affirm me. I'm bringing you in from Canada uh, to talk to me and yeah. affirm what I've done so far. Uh, what do you think of the house? Do you like what I did with the paint? Um, check out this new <laughs> Ghostbusters pinball machine we bought. And like. <laughs> <that's> just, <laughs> Actually, what I am doing is I'm staring at that, um, the Spirit Halloween Slammer. That's a Spirit Halloween Slammer, right? Is that where we got them from? Yeah, I have, mine's sitting in the garage, and I was trying to decide if I should bring them into the Slammer display, or 
if I should somehow arrange him for Halloween season to, to stare out the back window at people when I drive around. So I don't know if anybody has quite... seen this office. Like, I don't know if I've been on video yet in this podcast, but for what you're referring to, mm. is I have behind me, uh, there's a Slimer from spirit who's wearing a baseball cap and what he's yes. sitting on top of is a ghost trap. But what most people don't know about this is that <laughs> he is affixed only by big globs of museum putty. <laughs> That, that's what keeps him hey, in place whatever works. and he, he he has not moved in two years so um <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it and i will say this until the day is long if you're a person who has action figures out there you have collectibles and they fall over all the time you need this amazing stuff called quake hold if there's ever a product that i want to sponsor this it's not like purple mattress company or like you know bed bath and beyond or brooklinen or someone it's quake hold because for a dollar 99 you can buy like non-toxic clay that holds everything in place in your office and never moves and i live in southern california so i mean that um yeah but. i was about to say anything that's designed to like you can't sell it and say oh yeah 99 of all ming dynasty vases at museums don't get busted in an earthquake <laughs> no it has to be rock solid <laughs> You can, it's okay. It's fine. I mean, we can't we can't promise it'll save every statue better from falling than scotch over, but. tape. I mean, you know. So, all right. <laughs> with that, with that in mind, we, we should probably do some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again today. The entire Eastern Seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today: ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. All right. So first up in Ghostbusters headlines this week, the first thing I want to talk about, uh, I'm not going to do this in particular order, but I just want to talk about this because I've been thinking about it for a couple days. Chris, have you noticed that Dan Aykroyd is now Ray Stance and Ray Stance is now Dan Aykroyd as according to an orchestra commercial um, that has come out in the last couple days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People got really tired of trying to keep those two separate. So I'm done. Uh, I don't know if anybody who has yeah. seen this commercial, if you haven't seen it, you need to go look for it. It is Dan Aykroyd and it begins with text that says, and now a message from Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and then he is in full Ray Stan's character, but he's in a tuxedo announcing that they're going to have a series of orchestral backed screenings that were designed yeah. by, uh, I guess designed by um, Elmer Bernstein's son. And yeah, but he be, he begins this announcement and he's in full Ray stance. He's like city of Los Angeles, New York, <laughs> paranormal events are happening. Yeah. He's like in the full Ray stance pitch mode. Like it's like they, they invited him in. Like we need you to come in and, and tell people that the orchestrations are coming back. And he said, great. What, you know, what's the script? And they're like, just, you know, here's the list. And, you know, if you just want to riff and all he heard was just riff. And yes. then he, in his head, he invented a whole backstory about paranormal activity, killing orchestra, like, <laughs> He's like talking capturing about green conductors slime around the world. Yes. And the Ghostbusters are bringing them back and we're going to save orchestras. And like, you're like, that's not a plot that makes sense. I would, by the same token, I was like, if this is one of the projects currently in the works, I will watch it. <laughs> if this is it, like the Ghostbusters are saving orchestras around the world. But my favorite part about it is he begins and he's like, city of Los Angeles, New York, Sydney. And he's naming all of these famous places that orchestras, like orchestra houses are, right? But none of those places yeah. are on the list. <laughs> 
<laughs> this show is not happening in any of those locations. So it's oh, like it straight up just better, riffing. Yeah. Just riffing. Could only be better if he, had, if he had like looped in a little bit of Dragnet. You know, City of Los Angeles, City of Crime. Like, what? No. Dan, just read the card, please. Um, I don't. Well, the funny part is I don't think. I don't know that he's gone out of his way to like really delineate the lines. Like if you showed up and said Dan Aykroyd, he'll shake your hand. If you show up and you say Ray Stance, he'll shake your hand. Like he just... <laughs> and I don't. I think we've all kind of blurred the two together. So I think in the end they're just like. Eh, yeah. No. I. I. When I saw this, I posted an Instagram story about it, and I said that this podcast officially approves the long-term casting of Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stance and Ray Stance as Dan Aykroyd because it just, it kind of is true. I mean, I, look, I said this to my my partner last night. She was like, well, does do you think that he's aware of how much he's kind of the two things? And I was like, yeah, he's been the commercial pitch man for Ghostbusters in all senses, whether it was fictional or real for like 30 years. Yeah. Like he ran, a, he wasn't just ever filming the one commercial in the 1984 movie. He has filmed so many commercials in his head for Ghostbusters that, both in the real world and in movies that I have no doubt that for him yeah this is one thing and that's I love it in a lot of ways it's like his embracement of sort of like telling people where his paranormal family background comes from and whatnot is so cool to me but I just watched this commercial and started laughing because I was like this is they could have just said put on the race dance uniform and not said Dan Aykroyd at all we would have just taken this as an in-character take like it's I've just chosen to believe that Dan Aykroyd is a is a uh, is a sidestepper. Ah. That every time he shows up in front of the press and he's like, "We're we're making a card like Ghostbusters puppet show," for what? And you're like, he's not crazy and he's not talking out of turn. He's Dan Aykroyd who's slipped over from the universe's five over where they're making a Ghostbusters puppet show and he's just <laughs> excited about it and happy to tell us all about it and we're all like. What? And then he slips away, and it never comes up again. And then he's back, going. He's like, "Have you seen cats, but with ghosts?" And we're like, "What is he talking about?" What you're saying is that all Dan Aykroyds are cross-ripped Aykroyds. They've all been to other universes. What I'm saying is Dan Aykroyd is six months away from being conscripted by the 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 uh, Fortean version of the Men in Black. I don't. I, well, it's appropriate with Sony, but I don't. I don't mean those Men in Black. Right. I mean, I mean the real, I'm doing air quotes, real world version of Men in Black, where he's just, they just like show up and it's like, you, uh, you, you do too much and you know too much and you just, you slip between universes like a wet bar of soap. Would you just come to work for us? And he's like, I'm in. So... Well, if you're uh, if you're looking to go to this event, uh, I got to tell you, if in New- if you're in New York, you're not going, and if you're in Los Angeles, you're not going, and if you're in Sydney, you're, you're definitely not going. Uh, but if you're no. in Detroit, Michigan, uh, no, that's not true either. If you're in Nashville, Tennessee, you can go to go see the Na- the uh, Ghostbusters in concert. Uh, it's also happening in uh, it looks like. Not just Nashville, but I'm like this is the website that has so many things on it, and I had the other one earlier. So Nashville. It's in Ohio and Columbus. It's in Ohio and yeah. uh, Youngstown. Uh, it's going to Fresno, California. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a bunch of different yeah. weird, like weird. And then the la- at the end of the year, like they happen through October. And then the weirdest two dates are like <laughs> December 30th and December 31st in Milwaukee, which I don't yeah. know what the deal is with New Year's Eve Ghostbusters in Milwaukee. But if you're in Wisconsin and you're part of the Wisconsin Ghostbusters, I don't even know if there are Wisconsin Ghostbusters, but if there are, come on this yeah. podcast. 
Uh, yeah. Well, the list the list of where it's happening. My assumption is what's happened. They put that thing out a to 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 you know let people know about those shows. But I think part of it also sounds like, because he kind of at the end makes a, a little notice about if you're ten, like, I'm, par- I'm not paraphrasing. I, I, I don't even know exactly what he said, but I got the impression by the end of it that what it amounted to is if your town has an orchestra, find their website and send them a little going, are you bringing <laughs> Ghostbusters? Have you ever considered bringing right. Ghostbusters? And in that way, maybe, you know, get a few more shows on there. Because the, the, ones, the ones that got listed, they sound exactly like towns that go... How do we draw more people? They're not, yeah. you know, the Chicago Pops is kind of like, you know what? We're good. Right. We don't need Ghostbusters. We don't to need to people. do this, really. We're, we've got this if on we lock. Can find a, yeah, if we can find a high profile enough reason, or if we've got an opening and you could promise us, you know, Bill Murray shows up or whatever, they'll think about it. But, you know, the, you know, an orchestra in Milwaukee, maybe not so much. So, I don't know. It's always just fun to see that. Like, actually, all it does is drive home the fact that I'm nowhere near any of them. Then we'll never get to hear anything. So <laughs> that was kind of. Man. I went. I could drive to Fresno, I guess, but I really don't want to. Uh, it's not. Like, I mean, yeah, that's probably not going to be a thing yeah. I do. But uh, well, it'd have to be for a lot more than just you know a couple hours. Uh, orchestra i'm afraid like i said if bill murray showed up i'd, I'd give it a roll yeah, yeah but otherwise it's kind of a haul but i mean i do think it's interesting that they're trying to get out there and do some live stuff for ghostbusters um and this kind of fits into what yeah. i'm calling like the wildest of ghostbusters experiences this is how you know the franchise is back because like the things that are now coming out you go we're doing what now and like next on the list is water slides <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, like, I don't if you haven't seen this story, uh, Ghostbusters is going to be part of the new Sony Pictures park that they're opening in Thailand called Columbia Pictures Aquaverse, uh, which I thought was interesting that they're going with the Columbia Pictures name uh, as the way to like market this as opposed to like Sony Aquaverse. It kind of puts this cinematic yeah. thing on it. It's not like the Sony Pictures Aquaverse, but instead the old school Columbia Pictures Aquaverse. Uh, so Columbia Pictures Aquaverse is going to open up in Thailand uh, next month. And apparently part of what's going on is going to be a Ghostbusters, uh, three different Ghostbusters water rides, including mm-hmm. a mini pop, including mini puff mascots. I saw the mini puff mascot suits and immediately de- declared that I need one. I just want, I want one so I can run around my house in it and just be like, hello, I'm a mini puff. <laughs> but, um, my favorite thing I think in this entire story is that the world's first water dome ride that is like the big attraction is called yeah. the proton stream. And yeah, that makes so much sense. It's a water ride. It's a stream. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I like is how much they're hoping they're, they're hyping the idea of a dome. And I'm like, unless you do a loop de loop around that dome, what you've got is just one of those regular water slide that ends in a bowl. Right. With a roof over it. That's all. That's all that is at that point. But, now, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, the only thing that I just realized just now too is they talked about projecting stuff, and I'm wondering if the video we watched just wasn't able to kind of sell us on that idea that maybe the dome they project stuff onto the top of the dome so that when you drop into it. Stuff's happening. That would make that would be okay. Then that makes sense. But I'm otherwise I'm like oh, you've put a roof over it. That's all you. I've seen. I was at a, a water park in you know Redding, California, just a few weeks ago. They had one of those right. drop into a toilet bowl things and get flushed <laughs> away. And I was like, so 
people don't don't do you know it's not it's not like the water park equivalent of the uh, motorcycle you know the the ball of death sort of thing where they'll right go loopy looping around and all that. Now, if they're going to project stuff onto that thing, I'm down. That so sounds really cool. The Ghostbusters news take on this, which I will throw Jason uh, from Ghostbusters news the credit for letting me report Jason. these details rather Jason. than just stealing his stuff. Um, <laughs> that he's his story reports that they're going to have cutting edge digital projection mapping, which brings the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man to life in the ride. So um, yeah, I think that, like what this reminds me of in a weird way is. Uh, I don't know if were you you were at FanFest, weren't you? I was. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm I remember see I didn't talk to you, but I remember seeing you there, I think. Um <laughs> did you go the next day to the uh the VR experience that was at the void? No, actually. I um what came up? There's something else I had to go do. Oh, I know what it was. So shout out to um Chagrin. Ah. Uh, Joseph, uh, he invited me along to a tour of the um, the old uh, Charlie Chaplin Studios where the Muppets are. Yeah, and that interfered time wise. Gotcha. Which... And so, if I if I understand correct, if I remember correctly, I think I uh, Ecto Crank didn't get one. Gotcha. I think certain certain levels of of ticket in, you didn't get a pass to the VR thing. Yeah. I could be misremembering. It was like level five or ten and up. So, yeah. Yeah. So since I wasn't going to use it, he used mine. I because I remember we went and I kind of found some friends and I said, "Friends, this is my friend. Be friends." And then <laughs> I had to run. So no, I didn't. I didn't get to. I didn't get to try the VR, which is both uh, a, a bit of a disappointment, but at the exact uh, exact same time, I had a really fantastic time at the Muppet. Thing, That's so. I've actually been to that studio and I've toured it, and it's really nice. But um, the uh, mm. the the VR experience kind of culminated with this. You're on a rooftop thing and stay puffed is attaching, attacking you and you're wearing goggles. So it wasn't like projection, but it was kind of the same. I can imagine yeah. the same concept of the ride is a mission that you're on where you're running. And the plot of that VR experience was, I will always love this. It was the first time I recognized Dan Aykroyd and race dance as the same person because it was Dan Aykroyd in a loot crate jacket, um, telling you about how he needed coffee <laughs> and how, even though you weren't supposed to take the Ecto one out by yourself, he really needed coffee. So he was sending you out on a run. And then that sent you off on your adventure to like get <clears throat> interrupted on the coffee rub and to have to go stop ghosts. Yeah. But it was sort of that same concept of like three or four minutes ride of your or experience of moving through a series of different projections and different interactions. So if they designed the water park ride kind of the same way where they use, you know. Yeah. See, I, I went to the website and I looked at the video and there's a, a I mean, it's not super telling yeah. what exactly goes on, but you do see. You you get launched out of you know one rapids into the the dome, and weirdly enough, in their in their shot, you can see there's like two guys sitting halfway up the wall. Like I don't know if they're just there, like in case somebody <laughs> got stuck or something. I don't know, but there also looked like there was a couple of things that I thought was possibly cameras, and I went. Are they maybe you know extra camera angles they put in for the commercial right. or something? But in retrospect, it could be they were high enough up that potentially, yeah, they like they may have created a um, I don't know soggy 720p IMAX. Like I right. don't, I don't know. Well, what I started like, thinking about, I don't know if you remember the Madame Tussauds um, Slimer. 
that they had around 2016. Mm. But the way that that entire uh, effect worked was that there was a mist or like a scrim. I think it was a mist, honestly, that they used for that because it was 3D mm. enough. But the whole concept was that they were projecting onto like a, a floating mist or a scrim that made it look like right. it was floating in front of yeah. you and you could see through it because it was a transparent material. So I don't know how you do that in broad daylight. That's why you need a dome, <laughs> I think, in order to pull this off. Yeah. But if you have a dome and you put a roof on it, you could, in theory, like be using projectors to project actually on like say fine mists of water that are spraying out of the environment around you. So you yeah. don't even need a screen as much as you can use the water environment itself to project on and create some like cool water-based ghosts and stuff. So I, I don't know if this means I'm ever going to make a trip to Thailand, but the more you and I talk about it, the more I hope this thing is this cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is it opens in like basically a month or something yeah. like that. So surely we'll, we'll see some, some tourism shots, uh, some bad, uh, bad iphone footage here or there <laughs> sooner or later yeah and hopefully get a better idea hopefully someone will go with a gopro <laughs> and then we'll be able to watch that <laughs> it'll be nice and image stabilized and great but you brought up the name proton stream is actually well a it doesn't give any hint about stay puffed but yeah um that was probably the best name the other two i'm like oh boy yeah the other more is probably would have helped the slimer speed racer which um i will say it's a, apparently a slide that has you sliding vertically upwards on a two-person ecto-1 tube to meet slimer face to face where you basically are like ejected <laughs> projected upwards at a like giant ski slope looking thing of slimer and the coolest yeah. thing about this ride i will just say point blank is that the top i don't know if you looked at the tubes on this but the tubes are designed in the like like to be the ecto one so the front of it has like a yeah. bumper and a license plate and the sides actually have the little yellow tanks from the roof as the handles and i went i need this i'm not gonna get to thailand yeah. but i just sell me this i don't even have a pool <laughs> but i want yes. this like <laughs> we need we we're all we're all a day's drive away from water park with a lazy river like yeah we need to have an ecto uh little floaty <laughs> boat to heck to, yeah to, to you know crack a couple of millers and um float around in the sun <laughs> um yeah that one can be slimer uh, speed racer and i was like okay like I, <laughs> I, I maybe they don't have speed racer in in thailand i don't know <laughs> but I, I that in my pop culture adult brain that just clashed it doesn't work me. yeah and then the other one, what was it? Ghost Trap Adventure. Yeah. And I'm like, it's right in your copy. You escape from traps. So why isn't it Ghost Trap Escape? Like, what's the adventure? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of adventure inside the trap. You get inside. Oh, I, it's I, like, I, look at these four walls. How adventurous is this? Like, oh, I killed some kobolds and some orc. And I was like, well, that's a D. Okay, that's a D and D adventure. So I guess it's an adventure. But no. Yeah, those ones look cool too because you 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 get spit into the side of a tank that's a trap and then it slowly just watches you out the other end right. and into another line of uh i mean they all look cool yeah. we're, we're making fun we're, here and we're, having, it, we're poking fun because it's fun to poke fun but <laughs> i mean it looks to be real part of the reason i said this is like we live in an era where we're finally doubling down on ghostbusters enough to be like we're not just putting in like one theme park in dubai we're not putting one ride in dubai we're putting in three <laughs> in thailand yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, well, it's it's slowly spreading. So yeah, there's Dubai. Um, I seem to recall Germany did something. Yeah. Well, I don't I remember the, the German the, Ghostbusters. The Germans, like in Germany, I think what there's a park that has a hotel associated with it, 
and it has like a Ghostbusters themed room and all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. but it's not, I don't know how much then, of that is like directly, uh, like Sony, like proactively marketing know. that, you know, as much as it's well, like, well, Hey, we it. did it. Cause we're German and we love David Hasselhoff and Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> but, they did something in the Philippines in 2016. Yeah. Well, whatever. Any place they can build a standing ride. I'm all yeah, for, I'm it. for it. Um, uh, and obviously it's probably a, a lot easier to build a, an entire Columbia pictures, uh, themed water park. Yeah. Than a ghost you know, in, in Thailand than it is to, you know, in the United States or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, if it's successful enough, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's successful enough, what really needs to happen is, uh, water parks like, uh, Sony needs to then start finding all the water parks in America that could use a bump. And then start partnering up with them right. to bring those rides over to these parks. Because, I mean, uh, there's water parks everywhere in, in North America. I don't know what Europe's like, but uh, definitely North America is chock-a-block with, with water parks. And actually, especially in the southern states and, you know, up and down the California coast there where things get hot, you know, they're warm and hot all year round. And where you're not allowed to use water for things yourself anyway, but you can pay to go get on a water slide because of the drought. Yeah, but all, the, all those places would, would love that, you know, a premium ride that they could uh, charge you just a little bit extra to, yeah. to try out. So, And I, I think it's an interesting thing because... Um, as you were saying, if you were to license it out to other water parks, if they design things like that, that's kind of the notion behind that whole hollow gate thing they're doing. Right. So one of those six ghostbusters yeah. projects that's in development right now is this hollow gate location thing where essentially of an entertainment center, uh, licenses or rents a hollow gate or buys a hollow gate, uh, setup, the equipment, the hardware, but then the software, the experience is the thing that they license and buy and that you can now get that for your hollow gate installation, um, <clears throat> for ghostbusters is the idea. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a model that Sony consumer products is really good at. Yeah. Like, cause as we've seen in the video game space, mm -hmm. in, you know, for every one Ghostbusters specific game they make, there's in the intervening years, 10, you know, licensed events sure. are piggybacking other like activations and, and, and things that, so. like Ghostbusters showing up inside of Fortnite or whatever it is. Yeah. So Fortnite <clears> or, you know, yeah, ex well, exactly. Like, and not like it used to be like the model got tested on apps, but yeah, as you said, it's Fortnite, uh, roller coaster tycoon, like, mm -hmm. you know, fairly sizable, you know, console games. And yeah. All that as well. So. so it's kind of interesting to see them. If they could do that with, with water parks, that would be dope. Um, I would certainly, right? you know, I would, be totally fine with racing on an Ecto one tube somewhere, uh, and would pay money to do it. I know a water park in, in, in Redding, <clears throat> California, that's got half the dome already. So <laughs> just build the rest of it and put in the projectors right. and everything's good to no go. Brainer. And then of course they would have to bring some of those mini puffed, uh, costumes here. And I would have to figure out who could get access then to you that. Go steal one. That's right. And I'll also tell you right now, uh, somebody, uh, if Sony wants to write this down. If you do do that, uh, in the merch shop at the water park, sell some Slimer Crocs or something. Oh my <laughs> God! Is the I've, I'm in Canada, so we have yay! Are you ready for the summer? And there, I stepped onto the concrete <laughs> and burnt my foot. No wonder you stand in the water because I literally injured myself. It's like, oh my God! Yeah, it's been rough here. So yeah, something to protect the feet. <laughs> it's been a bit rough, um, but. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm hope that Canada doesn't become the melting, uh, the melting. I don't want to say, I don't mean melting pot. I mean, melting frying pan. I mean, the place that it's very hot. That's, you don't want to be melting pots are good. Diversity is good. <laughs> Have more of things, but, um, hot things, frying well, pans are bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we're, we're, it's our turn to currently be on fire here at the end of the summer. So I, everything's fine. Well, I, everything's fine. I keep right. saying that uh, here in, in California, someone said to me, uh, how do you know that Halloween's coming? And I said, oh, that's when you get th- um, three digit temperatures and double degree winds and at least three wildfires. That's how you know Halloween's <laughs> coming. Um, everybody else waits for the leaves to change. We just wait for the leaves to burst into flames in the wind. Uh, <laughs> and then we run because we're scared. But And that's Halloween. Dad, I was reading it. I was reading in this book, Ray Bradbury said something, you could smell fall in the air. That's wildfires, right? Yeah. I was like, no, that was an, it's an entirely different smell. <laughs> we haven't had it in years. Right. Sorry, son. Uh, so um, hopefully, you know, <laughs> we'll survive the coming apocalypse that may happen to all of the entire Western North American continent that is scary. So we can go to Thailand yeah. and uh, ride water parks. It's not, it's not an apocalypse so much as a slow apocalypse. Yeah. That's a good you way know, of putting it. It'll just it'll just slowly change and we'll we'll adapt and then one day we'll like, oh, we can't adapt to it anymore. Yep. Can't adapt to no oxygen. <laughs> Stupid planet. That's when we all become ghosts and someone has to bust us. <laughs> I will And then Dan Aykroyd from Universe 20 shows up with giant universe jumping ships <laughs> and saves us all to his universe. <laughs> I love, I love this idea. This is great. I, somebody needs to, like, I want to commission someone to make this comic book, the Uncle Dan comic book where he's That's just hopping right. between universes. I love it. Um. <laughs> John Yurkaba is out there, like, writing down his elevator pitch right now. He's busy, man. I'm glad for him. He's making a lot of great art. Um, so, John Yurkaba gets a shout out this week on the Extraplasm podcast because John Yurkaba is a good person. And if you don't know who John Yurkaba is, you need to go and look at John Yurkaba's art because he makes lots of Ghostbusters art. And someday I might have him on this podcast to talk to me about the time he saved all of the art of FanFest because he did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so moving out of theme park discussions, I'm going to talk about something that's mm. oddly enough uh, <clears throat> not really been on Ghostbusters News's radar, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not really okay. sure. I, don't, I didn't see it out there when I looked today to be like, what did Jason talk about this week? Um, do you know who Adam the Woo is? No. Adam the Woo is a YouTuber who for a very long time was like an urban explorer kind of dude who would go and okay. like, go do, you know, get to play, get into places he wasn't supposed to be and film things and uh, has been like a, a YouTuber since YouTube was a YouTube. You know, it's got like that. He's that kind of person who's been out there doing this stuff since YouTube started. And uh, Adam the Woo in a collaboration video with someone else whose name I can't remember right now and I don't want to click on things and then start playing them in the middle of the podcast actually right. stopped by a few movie locations last week. And one of them was uh, Engine 23. So he went down to LA and went by the firehouse and not the firehouse that you all know is the exterior of the movie, but the actual interior firehouse, which is in the middle of Skid Row. And uh, the neighborhood is, in fact, a demilitarized zone. Um, if, if, if you, well, it's, it's it's an it's unfortunate one exterior state. shot in, yeah. in in Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. Just if you just want to be pedantic about it. Yeah. And if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be an OG legend, I better be pedantic about <laughs> it. So it is there's wait there's one exterior shot of in Ghostbusters too. Uh, yeah, I am marginally sure that in Ghostbusters 2, is it the after credit one where Lewis is doing that, uh, speaking of Abbott and Costello, yeah. that closing the big door and walking through the little door and all that thing? Yeah. That, I think, is Engine 23's wow. old door, not not Hook and Ladder 8's door. I'm going to have to go back and look at this because so I've never noticed this. 
Like, and if it's not that one, I know somewhere in there they did a has to go outside, but we're not in New York, so we'll just you. Who knows? That may be why it ended up in the you know the credit sequence or whatever. So <laughs> we're gonna. Like, so the second you just reminded me of something yeah. else we're gonna talk about because I you'll I think you'll appreciate sure. it. It wasn't on my news radar, but it is something I want to talk about in a second. But, um, but tell us about uh, so how, he uh, he went by he, he went by uh, engine twenty three and the doors were all open and people were working inside. He took video inside the building at the door at the doorway uh he talked with workers who were there the workers who are working there believe they're working on a museum for the fire department they're not they're working on an art center <laughs> but they yeah. think that's what the project is the guy is standing there uh but he films the video there's a lot of heavy equipment working in that building and everything is torn out with the exception of of the green tile appears to be behind some uh some sort of protective barriers that are up but the ceilings ripped out. Um, the plaster's all been taken down from above the green tile, huh. and the entire building is uh. in a state of being. Uh, I mean, they have to preserve preserve it to some extent because it's on the Registry of Historic Places, believe it or not. So I know the plan may be to reinstall some of these things or to replace them with period, you know, specific stuff. I don't really know. But the video footage that he has, it's Adam the Woo on YouTube. Uh, and if you go and look at what he's what he's filmed, he's standing there interviewing people who are working inside the building and had definitely has the most current view of what the firehouse looks like until I drive down there next week and try to get inside. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm mildly annoyed because I didn't think there was any chance of having access. And like I say, I was I in either. L.A. just a couple of weeks right. back and I toyed with the idea of going by and I said, why would I take my wife and child right. to that area of town? Right. Like, what am I going to do? Park and get out? <laughs> but had I known that they were, people were working and the doors were open, I guess it's I. There was a there was an outside chance. I don't know if I well would have been nice to share with Thomas, but at the same time. Just for safety's sake, I may yeah, have I mean, drop him off at a Starbucks the, nearby. And the building, and, here, you guys go eat it in and out, and uh, Dad's going to go do something sketchy. The building is filled two with hours, call the like heaps of debris. Like there's whatever they're doing currently, there's like piles of yeah. debris in the doorway when you look in, and it looks like they're in the process of tearing stuff down. And but the project's underway. Well, now I want to see his know? video. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would definitely take a look at the video because. Um, it's interesting, if nothing else, if you're a Ghostbusters fan. Uh, but to me, I'm really excited about this because I want to see this project finished. As a person who has watched this since I moved here uh, from Cal from New York to California at this point 12 years ago, I have known that that has been a hotly contested site where they have been supposed to build a uh, an art center for kids. And part of it's been hotly contested yeah. because of the politics of building an art center in the middle of an environment that has got a lot of serious material issues and a lot of folks who are really struggling and really having a hard time and who may not be directly benefited by an art center. Uh, but nevertheless, to see the project get finished to me is important because all that was happening to the building was that it was rotting away. And that building yeah. has a lot of historic value, not just because of its Ghostbusters filming location prowess, but it's also like the garage from the mask. It's also a location from Big Trouble in Little China. It was a Little China, movie. Yeah. It was a and beyond that, it is an a beautiful it was a beautiful firehouse that uh, was designed in like an art deco style, like several other Los Angeles firehouses of the era, and is one of the last remaining examples of that, which is weird to think about that it's in the middle of where it is. So to preserve it um, 
is not just a valuable thing Ghostbusters wise, but it has cultural relevance in terms of the history of Los Angeles, in terms of the fire company, in terms of providing, you know, outreach to people in the community. So um, if anybody ever wants to hire me, by the way, to do spokesperson work for this, let me know because I'll be happy to help you out. (laughs) But uh, I see what you mean. I'm I'm looking at the video now. Holy cow. It's gutted. It's the place is empty. It's the emptiest we've ever seen. Like they have a, they have a small backhoe in there. Yep. Uh, they've ripped it out to the roof. Like it looks like they've poured a new concrete roof yep. on top of the 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 brick like the brick wall sides. All the tin roofs wow. are gone. You know, all, all the tin roofs between yeah. the floors are, are removed. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what it looks like when they're done. And I, I know that they were trying to preserve that green and white tile because if you go to Brooks Scarpa, the architecture, the architect's website, yeah. you can look at um, their concept images they've had up for years. And those concept images have always involved an archway when you came in the front doors and then the green and white original tiles were maintained on the opposite sides of that archway. And for me, I'm like, yeah. I need, I need to like, that's my tactile like when I had my first Los Angeles tactile experience of Ghostbusters that made me want to weep, it was standing in the lobby of the Biltmore Hotel and being like, "This is this is where they busted Slimer." But for me, like the I I want to touch that tile. It's weird to say that out loud, but I have this tactile need to go find the green and white tile and connect with it at some point. Um, and yeah, I want it to be there. So I hope I hope it's really behind the panels that they have up on the walls, and that's not just some other yeah. stuff. Because it looks like it's there to protect the tile work, but who knows? Twenty something, twenty something me is a little annoyed at at present me because I had not considered it until you started talking about it. But I twenty something me would have bent over backwards to try to find some way to get a piece of that uh, the tin roofing. Yeah, because that would have been fantastic to keep a to piece keep a of. piece of. Yeah, because or you know get a a, a a run of it to you know install somewhere in the house or something like that because man yeah that's a well it's both it's encouraging because the worst case scenario could have been they just tore it all down right but it's also a little sad that the the original of it is now 100 percent gone so i have some weird like and this is going to sound strange but i there's a part of me that wonders like how much of it much just like taking down a movie set they took down with the intent to try and put back up in some ways, like not the fixtures that were like, you know, foundational, but some of the cosmetic work, because this is going to sound gross, but I can't believe that pieces of that firehouse have not showed up on eBay. Yeah. See, you would have thought, right? Yeah. But well, actually though, at the end of the day, we know the importance of that, that fire hall. That's true. I don't know that, a lot of people beyond us and maybe some, you know, film, filmy, historic I, kind of people. I would have thought bringing the Ecto-1 down there <laughs> last year and showing up when they already Hudson in the Ecto-1 and filming there would have had some impact. And that's honestly when I expected to start seeing parts of the firehouse showing up on eBay was yeah. once it was like, oh, this crappy place that's in Skid Row that has stuff falling off of it that's just laying around. Well, what if you just took a brick that yeah. was laying outside and you're like, yeah, firehouse brick. Like, yeah, but. well, I, well, you know how it is, right? They show up with the car and every, a lot of people just assume, oh, well, they can't do it in New York. It's so expensive. Yeah. So they just, you know, found something similar. I, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but podcast bet sometime in the next 20 years, there is is potential that 
something will show up, yeah. as in somebody did understand, right. went down. Because remember when AJ Quick and them went down and all got in and all that. There's there's nothing to say that at some point somebody wasn't able to go down and grab some removed tile right. or something like that. Or brick, as you say. Or just any small piece mm-hmm. of the fire hall. And then, you know, later on, show up somewhere and we'll all go, a what now? Uh, so yeah, I put I put that as a safe bet in twenty years that a piece of the the old fire hall will uh, will surface. So you said AJ Quick, ah. which is a good uh, a good transition to the next thing I'm going to talk about because I'm going to talk about sure. some from GB fans, uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, Ben King for a second. And uh, I, this is, may not be news to anybody else, but it was to me. Uh, ben King posted photos the other day of scenes of Last Action Hero compared with Ghostbusters Two. And I never realized it until he lined them up. But the courtroom from Ghostbusters 2 is the police station in Last Action Hero. Elements of the Legal Eagle set that was used in Ghostbusters 2 were actually also ended up on screen in Last Action Hero as well. And I never I never put this together, but he's 100 percent right. Like shot for shot, he lines them up on his Facebook page, I think. Um, I'm not sure he put it on GB fans and maybe I'm like making people run to Ben King's personal Facebook page right now. And I'm not sure. But if I am sorry, Ben, you did good work. Um, But it was a very interesting post because it illustrated this you know, Hey, we're re they actually took the ghostbusters two set, which we knew already came from legal Eagles. Um, it was kind of repurposed from the, the previous Ivan Reitman movie. Right. And so, um, yeah, that means that after that, it ends up in last action hero. And it made me start wondering like, what else has the courthouse in (laughs) ghostbusters two been in? And I think there's one other thing. It was, I think it was redressed and repainted as something else that I can't remember right now too, but uh, yeah. It all comes down to timing, right? Like it's a good way for productions to scrabble back a little bit of money if something they put up yeah. doesn't have to be cleared out right away. Or rather, maybe it normally would have to be cleared out right away, but another production steps in and says, you know, we'll pay you for the, the thing you put together and we'll rent the space or whatever. So yeah. let me see here. Last action hero. 93. See, that's the confusing part. Yeah. Does it mean that... And Legal Eagles is is 86. Like so it's kind of amazing that that thing stood like <laughs> it was still it was still good like 7 years later there was 2 years later things. for go well yeah. just 2 years later for Ghostbusters right. is is kind of amazing enough in its own right to have stuck around till 92 when they're filming Last Action Hero Last Action Hero yeah. Wow. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, it's well. it's possible that like they made a set from the same blueprints. I go, I, I don't can't say for sure. Like it's the exact same, but it looks like the same damn set elements to me. Uh, if you look at his pictures, yeah. So, um, I wonder if that's a thing. You know. Like, if somebody needs a courtroom, there's just <laughs> like, is it the same studios who put <laughs> just... out who put out the Last Action Hero? Uh, I. I am not sure, but no, it's, I think that, it is it's, Sony. It's Columbia, it's Columbia Pictures. And part of the reason I remember that too is because, and actually bringing back AJ Quick for a second, AJ Quick is the person who told me that uh, that the Culver Hotel in Culver City, down the street from Sony, was one of the locations that was used for uh, Last Action Hero. <laughs> it's actually like one yeah. of the, lo- it's one of the locations in that movie too. I think it's like in the climax of it or something. So like. Um, so the trick, the trick now is to check uh, internet movie database and see if any of the the set or production people overlap. Right, that's actually with smart. Ghostbusters. Yeah, because at that point the answer is simple. What it is is somebody went, "We need a courtroom." And somebody and went, "I know where there's went, one." Yeah, 
We or we I know where there's one or alternately as you put it out. Oh yeah, uh, we have the old plans for the one they used for League of Eagles, so right. we don't have to do any designing or anything. We just pull them out and rebuild it because I can't imagine movies waste that kind of design work. Yeah, it's one thing to try and have to store a a set, right? But like blueprints and paperwork, that's the kind of thing they happily stuff away anyway. Like so. I hope I don't. In a weird way, I kind of Okay, we got to stop talking. It's great talking to you. I'm going to go away now and play on Internet Movie Database. Bye. (laughs) No, don't do that. You distracted me now. Don't do that. I have to go do a thing. (laughs) Um, So in terms of, uh, I I think it's fascinating, though, because it is. It's kind of weird to think about the firehouse down in L.A. is hopefully going to get preserved. Um, I want to know what happens to the Legal Eagle set now. Where is it? Did anybody still have it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they throw it out? And if not, where's the blueprints so we can reconstruct the courtroom? Um, yeah. I did. I just realized that I never made my correction. So let's just do that real fast. Uh, last week, I talked about uh, the containment unit, the good folks from the containment unit autographs group on Facebook, uh, and that they were going to be having some forthcoming sound signings. They had some slots for Slavica Joven that I encouraged folks to jump on because you won't be able to at some point and you'll be sad. Uh, and, Beyond that, I talked about Bryn Metheny uh, potentially doing a signing in the future. And I said that she was an artist, except that I said she was a voiceover artist. And I'm 100 percent incorrect because she's a concept artist. Uh, So for those of you who reached out to me and said, hey, um, yes, she is an artist. But no, you're wrong. Thank you. Uh, You are correct. I am wrong. Also, this is what happens when somebody records the headline segment of the podcast at four in the morning all by themselves. Uh, And my favorite part about that mistake was that I sat there and said, I'm not sure how to say her name, so I'm going to give myself the cushion to screw that up. Well, I screwed up what she does instead. So to Bryn Metheny, I'm very sorry. And your concept art of the mini puffs is amazing uh, and fantastic. And everyone should get it signed if they buy it. So, yeah. Hey, mistakes are 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 human. The air is human and we all forgive you. Now, let's get back to this uh, last action hero thing. Are you ready? Yes. So... Art direction by Marek Dobrowski, but Rick Heinrichs. Those are the two. Okay. Rick Heinrichs was, you ready? Yep. Set designer on Ghostbusters 2. (laughs) I would bet dollars to donuts that Rick Heinrich, as set designer for uh, the last action hero, said, we need to do a courtroom. I know one, and now the question is whether it was, a, I know where to find one, and that's a long time to hold on mm-hmm. to a set. I mean, the thing is, is, is courtrooms are quite handy, like, so it's quite right. possible that it did just sit there and constantly get used right. throughout, you know, enough to justify sticking around. But at a minimum, I like your idea, too, that he went, I need to do a, a, a courtroom. And I know exactly where we can get the plans without having to spend money on designing one. And what's interesting is I think that I think in the last action hero, it's actually not a courtroom. I think it's a police station, but it's the same. Ele- right. It's the same elements, so it, right? It's like it needs to look like so an institutional even, it, like law building. Like, yeah. Right. So there. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we used to do it at Proton Charging back in the day. <laughs> I, now I'm bored. I'm going back into retirement. <laughs> so. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast to solve this mystery about this, the uh, the Yay. yes, we've done it. We've achieved success. I love mystery. Well, here's the thing: he's 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 a young gentleman comparatively in Hollywood, uh, and is still actively working. Like uh, he worked on uh, episode eight of Star Wars and Captain America: The First Avenger. Wow. So he's still uh, working actively in L.A. So if anybody out there, you know, yeah, Troy. 
yeah. Fun Kelly, anybody uh, that in Ghostbusters circles that uh, might run into them, the man, ask him. Ask him. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him. And also, like this means that you now need to go back through Captain America: The First Avenger and pay attention to all scenes in which a courtroom or a police station might appear, <laughs> because for all you know, it might be the courtroom from Ghostbusters too. I understood that reference. There you go. Like, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Um, it's coming out. Our last couple of headlines items here is kind of taking a long time. We're meandering through this and I hope that's okay with you, Chris, because I'm really enjoying this conversation with you. That's um, the only way I used to be able to do it. So I'm fine. The fun way to do you, it. You do what you gotta do. I almost feel too structured when I do things sometimes. So, uh, merchandise wise, let's just talk about some Ghostbusters merch real quick. Uh, the Hasbro has released the Ghostbusters Mego, uh, collaboration that they were putting out and you could pre-order a while back. It has arrived for those who pre-ordered it. It's still available at Hasbro Pulse. Uh, if you want to grab it. So hop over to HasbroPulse.com to grab that. It has four figures in it. Um, the four figures are the Ghostbusters, surprisingly. Uh, and <laughs> the cool thing about this, this this package is that it's actually designed to sort of mimic the VHS release of Ghostbusters in terms of its art on the on the box, in terms of the back of it. It comes in a slipcover case, I believe, that opens up the same way as a VHS kind of would. Um, so it's a pretty cool package. I've seen people deliberating online about whether or not they should open this because it looks as cool as it does closed. I'm going to admit that I didn't buy this because I knew I wouldn't open it. <laughs> and I was like, I have too many things uh, that I leave closed. Yeah. But once I saw it, I was like, man, now I want it and I want to not open it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I may end up with this thing in the end by the, by the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, if you haven't picked this up and it's something that you uh, haven't seen, you might want to take a look at it because it's a, uh, it's kind of a cool set. It's got cloths, it's got cloth suits and, uh, you know, they each have like walkie talkie and belt gizmo accessories that appear to come off. And it's a little different than having like the molded plastic figures that you're used to. So, and they're kind of remind me a little bit of, uh, the Mezco line that came out a few years ago, but different. So, yeah, um, I have the, um, yeah, Mezco, the Mezco ones are, are possibly the, the best analogy. Yeah. Those they, are still, I like those. I still have those around here somewhere. I, think. I actually don't, but, um. I've just never picked them up. I don't know why. Probably because they cost like three hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm good. I want to buy a new podcast mic. Uh, additionally, another piece of Ghostbusters uh, merchandise news. Uh, I actually found this on the internet and sent it to Ghostbusters News, and they and they ended up talking about it. And then I found the full size one in person. But there's a new jacket at Spirit Halloween. So if you need a new jacket, go check out Spirit Halloween. It's not as cool as the old jacket. I'm gonna be real. Um, sorry, Spirit, but. I love my old jacket, but a fun story about finding the jacket. <laughs> this was fun. I went to spirit Halloween and I saw a ghostbusters jacket, but I was also wearing a ghostbusters jacket from spirit Halloween from two years ago. <laughs> so I wore my old jacket as I often do to, to the store and I wore it to spirit and I have my own name tag on my jacket with my last name. Uh, and as I stood inside the spirit Halloween in a ghostbusters jacket, looking at other ghostbusters jackets, a young woman came over and began shouting at me. And she said, sir, you cannot try on these costumes out here. You have to. And I turned around and pointed at my name tag and said, what if I brought it from home? 
minutes. <laughs> she stopped and said, what? And I was like, brought this one from home, released two years ago. This one's mine. It didn't come off the rack. And she stopped and was like, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And I was like, don't be, I'm the guy who wore a spirit Halloween jacket to spirit Halloween. <laughs> like if I wore a red vest around this, around a target, someone would ask me if I worked there. Um, so don't feel bad. I totally look like a guy who's trying on the clothes in the store, but, um, no, this one's mine. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to catch a bus to go to another spirit Halloween. That's right. I'm hopping through them to see how quickly I can be detained by managers for trying on costumes. But I did tell uh, her before I left, we were buying a few things and I said, okay, next week I'm coming back dressed as Jason, just to let you know. Uh, so <laughs> I might try and do this, just show up like as Mike Myers at a couple different spirit Halloweens. And they're like, Hey, you can't try that on here. I'm like, I didn't, I came this way. <laughs> you should just get progressively weirder until like, you're showing up in Pennywise outfits right. and you're like, brought it from home. Yep. I'm in full clown makeup, wielding an axe. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I, hey, I was just feeling the mood. That's why I came down here. You know, uh, it's a great place. So, several years later, you know, you're being arrested for wheeling in an animatronic <laughs> werewolf just to <laughs> sit in the doorway, stamping on the trigger pad. And I brought it from home. I brought it from home. <laughs> My last merch thing, Middle of Beyond has uh, some new shirts. They're kind of cool. Um, one of them very nice. has a, uh, a ser- repeating Slimer and Stay Puffed and uh, Library Ghost and Cab Ghost, which is awesome. I, I love when I see the, the cab driver ghost. He's the bomb. Um, and the Terror Dogs. I'm not really sure which one that is in this picture, but I'll say Think Zool. I don't know. Uh, but lots of cool repeating designs on that shirt. And then there's are two the, fl- plaid are shirts. The, the horn or the... Are the horns long or short? Long or short. And I think they might be long. I don't know. I'm looking at a little thumbnail. If they're long, it's Vins. If they're short, it's it's Zool. So I think this is a Vins. You know. Yeah, that's how it works. (laughs) It's obviously terror dog anatomy. That's how nature works. Yeah. You know, that's how the supernatural wanted it to be. So that's that's how supernature works. There's mother nature and then there's grandmother supernature. (laughs) I I interrupted you. You were, you were describing the last couple of shirts. It's all good. Um, so the two shirt, the other two shirts that they have are two plaid shirts, one of which is a terror dog inspired shirt that has a little terror dog on the pocket and is black and red plaid. And the other one is Slimer and has green and black plaid. And if you wear either of these shirts, you will be in full ludicrous speed because you will have gone to plaid. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to buy these shirts for that reason so that I could be in Ghostbusters ludicrous speed. So I think that wraps up what I have to talk about for headlines this week. Um, did you yeah. have any headlines you wanted to add, Chris? I wasn't told to bring any. I could go to Ghostbusters news and see what's going on. I don't no, know. You have to, your your um, job is to report exclusively on Canadian news. <laughs> that's, that's, Canadian yeah. news. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, Tim don't Hortons really does not have any? a tie-in right now. <laughs> that's, that's the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can talk about other stray stuff, like McDonald's is bringing back the the... the the Happy Meal Halloween buckets. Maybe, Are they really? That's awesome. That, I want that if that's true. That's rumored. Apparently the, the schedule went out and Uh-oh. some McDonald's employees have said okay, but McDonald's has not officially said it. But if anybody remembers those cool um, Hell yeah. You know, the green witch or the 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 the, the ghost and the pumpkin. Yeah. They're they're reissuing them this year, every five years or so, that, just for nostalgia's sake to put them in. That booklets of ice cream coupons. Which is the thing that you, yeah, I don't know. If, right. I don't know if you did. You, if you had those in Canada, but here in the U.S., that was one of those big things in the eighties. Oh, yeah. Was you'd get the ice cream coupon booklet, and that was the bomb because then you could get your parents to take you to ice McDonald's. cream booklet. Uh, here they had fries as well. Like you could, uh, 
little coupons for a small fries. Yeah. Ice cream and fries, and I think maybe a hamburger. Yeah. Those were the three things. They were like, what do we got under 99 cents? <laughs> but, but And then we'll, they, they'd charge you like 10 bucks for 10 coupons yeah. for $10 worth of stuff, and you'd give them out at uh, Trick or Treat. Yep. And, uh, they were kind of awesome. Um, uh, that it was, was kind of awesome. Actually, times. it was a really nice change. Well, also because I don't know what the frequency is these days, but when I was a kid, McDonald's was a – it felt like it was – for all I know, my mom took me to McDonald's every week. I have no idea, but it <laughs> felt like an eternity between visits. So when you got a, one of these coupons on Halloween, you had to go use the coupon. Yeah, it was that became Plus a Plus in the 70s, there was no such thing as a parent that would, you know, I don't know, free food for my kid? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Throw that in the trash. Uh, at Halloween, no less, too. It's like, I'm sorry, protein and, and, and wheat carbs? No. Throw that at, burn that right now and get back to eating your chocolate. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. I don't really fine. have a lot of news. No, I, I, I put you on the spot. I do. So. I do keep I do keep up with Jason. I mean, Jason's the number one reason I actually get to like slack these days. <laughs> so God bless Jason. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I I I got nothing. All right, that's I, cool. I, I got stupid. I got stupid stuff. Like I say, like McDonald's Happy Meals and stuff like that. Well, then we can transition out of headlines, and uh, we'll All kind right. of do. I, I guess we're going to call this an interview, but we've been talking the whole time, so. Let's just pause here, and I'm going to put an audio thing here just so I can feel like I followed the format of my own show. Sure. Okay, so this week we're talking with Chris Stewart, just like we were a couple moments ago. <laughs> yeah, your mistake was letting me show up at the news portion. Like, if you didn't want me in the news portion, you should have, like, called me after. I'm glad you're here. Are you kidding me? Okay. Like, I, I, I'm happy I, to be here. I uh, let, give people the option of like, do you want to ride a long shotgun for this whole experience? Or do you want to just punch in and punch out? And, you know, I'm happy either way, but it's always interesting because you talk to different people and you get to see you get to talk with them in different contexts and you get to work out different audio issues with different people because it's like always a different week. It is different somebody else. So um, I'm always excited to chat. So thank you for coming along for the ride. And now is the part where I'm going to interrogate you with all kinds of questions. sure. Uh, no. Fair enough. Um, so I have one question I wanted to ask you about that. I've been, I have wanted to ask you since you talked about it on the crossroad. Sure. I thought about you when I was recollection of anything I did prior to this. So I don't even know (laughs) if I'll remember what, what you want to talk about, but I thought about you when I watched afterlife. And one of the reasons I did was that you said this thing in the lead up to afterlife that made, like I was turning out trying not to watch trailers at that point Mm. and getting done like with, with marketing. And you talked about watching a trailer and saying that it seemed like maybe this movie had something to do with, someone potentially just kind of going too far, going like too far off the deep. end. I was like, what is he talking about? And in the end, I think what you were talking about was the notion. It's like Egon runs away with all the stuff, right. Uh, oh. Disappears. Right. But you were kind of like this trailer kind of gives you the impression that like, that maybe this is the idea of like one of these people went just a little too far where they like struggled too hard. And I, I can't remember your exact phrasing on this, but it was like, I started thinking about this in the moment that you said it. And then it never left me. I walked into the theater thinking about this. Like, is Egon going to go like super dark? <laughs> like, and, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the specific trailer and I don't 
really remember what I specifically said about it, but yeah, I do. I'm wondering if it, it might be the, one of the last ones Troy and I talked about. And it was like, for example, when we were completely overanalyzing the books in the, the book stack, because some of the books were talking, you know, were, were based on things like, uh, yes, that's what, that's uh, what this is. Yes. Okay. Uh, one of them was a man that like gave up his job and his family to go follow his art or something like that. Like there was, there was, there was books in there that kind of, tri- uh, that in, uh, kind of pointed to the idea of, yeah, uh, maybe somebody who's gone off the deep end or maybe somebody who's had to make a really hard choice. And it kind of suited because we were all trying to figure out, it was pretty clear by that point that Phoebe was Egon's uh, granddaughter, which meant uh uh, Cassie was uh, his daughter, but we had no information about how that all came about and then why it all fell apart. So when we got these little hints, I kind of went with it. And, um, you know, by that point, the trailer was kind of making it clear that he, he was no longer in New York, which obviously would have would have been a big shock to us and stuff like that. So some big change had happened in his life. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, but like I say, it's all it's all a little fuzzy at this point. Um, so you said this going into the movie and I was ex- like, I admit that I was like, maybe he's going to have like gone to the dark side. Right. Like <laughs> and I I liked Afterlife. I This is no, by no means am I setting you up for the like, this is the part where I tell you I didn't like the movie and force you to defend it. Like, I, I loved Afterlife. That was a great movie. Uh, but one of the things that has stuck in my craw about that movie a little bit is this notion mm-hmm. that like. Ray is upset because Egon says the end of the world is coming. And Ray is like, he freaked me out. And I'm like, you're the guy who should be freaking everybody else out. That's your job. Your job is to be like totally over the top. And I just wanted to see what you thought of this because I thought what would have been awesome that would have like fixed this narrative kernel is if Egon had actually started to try and study Shandor. Like, if he had gone in the attempt to try and stop Gozer, he had gone like, I'm going to start dabbling into the Goz- the Shandor files. And it kind of yeah. compelled like the rest of them to look at him and go, what are you doing? <laughs> like y- You are in the soup right now. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. And I felt like that was missing in the movie. I just wanted to see what you thought about that. But I mean, I can see that uh, it's a tricky one. For starters, everybody's right. Like you would expect Ray to kind of go a little cuckoo. But yeah, actually, the thing is, 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 is narratively, that's not always the best choice either. Like if you have, because I think we kind of talked to somebody, people were like, they didn't like the idea of these two strong friends falling apart like that. They're great friends. Why would that, mm-hmm. why would that happen? It's like right. great friends fall apart yeah, they all break the time. Up. It happens. And even if that doesn't happen lots in real life or, you know, if the movie approach movie approach to it is heightened narratively that is way more dramatically interesting than than they're kind of weirded out by one another or something right. or one yeah. of those little it's way more interesting now that said and i think i commented on this before they only had so many options because they had to account for the fact that one of them was gone yeah, so sure. if you wanted to do the ray flipped out mm-hmm Against two, because right. Egon, oh, nobody can have a conversation with Egon anymore. Um, yeah. That said, um, yeah, it could work either way. I mean, we've seen it where people do, you know, you can have the, um, 
I don't know. To be honest, now that I think about it, it feels like kind of a split hair. The the person who studied the serial killer too much and is kind of be <laughs> coming a little dark themselves yeah. versus the somebody who studied the serial killer too much and is, you know, not going to a dark place, but they're a little too obsessed with, like, mm-hmm. catching the guy or right. understanding the guy or whatever. And I think there's room for either. I think, And I think kind of what the movie presented was... Egon dialed in really hard on what the Shan, you know, he, he figured out the Shandor cult. He figured out the town that was built out of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like somewhere's, you know, some, at some point Egon sat down and wondered where the hell do you get that many, you know, uh, weird ass metals to, to, you know, to, and then forging strain, you know, girders out of this, the, these mm-hmm. rare alloys to build this thing in right. New York. And then he's just, you know, he's, he's the, he's the scientist, he's the researcher, he starts diving into it. And yeah, it feels, I always just kind of approach it from the, from the, he, 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 he got a little too into the weeds on the whole Shandor cult thing. And that's mm-hmm. what kind of freaked out the guys, especially, you know, you could take it from when four people save the world twice. It, there, there is always, you know, three of them are. It's fair enough to go. You know what? Maybe we don't want to go chasing after a third apocalypse, <laughs> and maybe you're like, a little too worried about it. I like um, the phrase. There's a lot of mountains out there, kid. And I want to be like, how many other mountains have you been to? Like, what? Tell me about this. Like, where are the like in these lost years of Ghostbusters and the years we haven't heard covered yet, and the six projects yeah. that are coming? How many of them take place on a mountain? Because it seems like yeah. Ray has had some bad mountain experiences. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and like all stories, you can start asking questions, and and ultimately, you can either choose to look at them and go, "Oh, well, that's a that's a, a total flaw," yeah, or you just suspend disbelief and find that one plausible answer that makes it work. So, sure. one for example is sure, Egon finally has his. The guys aren't going to back me up. I'm going to take to the road, steal the Ecto, take all this equipment and head off into, you know, Ohio or whatever. It was Ohio, wasn't it? I can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, no? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Thank you. Like, the thing is, is up to that point, you can see Egon just, he's got what? Some photocopies from a mimeograph machine from the library. Mm-hmm. Like, he's gathering materials. Right. And Ray's like, no, crazy, back off. And so he takes to the road, gets to Oklahoma, finds a Shandor mine and a town basically formed by the cult and then right. finds the hole in the ground with giant statues. At which point you're like, why hasn't he sent like an envelope to Ray going, Ray, I know you look think I'm this. crazy, but look at this photo. Check out this and Polaroid never... I took with those goggles that I built with the Polaroid <laughs> camera in it. <laughs> like you'd think all it would take is one clear photo of like a, a, an eerily glowing, uh, well and 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 I, a replica uh, well no i guess the temple was behind the 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 doors that opened or but i mean the just the just the the art deco statue of, of uh sure 
of Gozer it would be kind of enough to go, look, we left on bad terms, but <laughs> right. like, do you could see you this? maybe come have another look? Look, I just want to tell you, um, there was one thing I was wrong about in the whole deal, Ray, and the one thing was that it doesn't take whatever form it wants to be. It always shows up looking like this. <laughs> like, exactly. Here's the statue I found. It always looks like this chick with a flat top. Like like, <laughs> so again, that's one of those things where you can just go with, uh, well, obviously he should have done that. And it's like, yeah. And then they'd have to like tell an entirely different story. Yeah. And that's not the story they wanted to tell. Sure. So maybe you just have to go with the, it was a bad break. Egon is ashamed or Egon feels bad about running out on them or Ray's right. not picking up the phone and Egon goes, well, there's no sense sending him a, a package because he won't listen anymore. Like there's, you just kind of have to, yeah. I mean, we live in a world of gray, so I always kind of get a, a, a little annoyed when people like want to get black and white yeah. with the way stories are told. Because it's no, kind of like, ah, there's there's room to kind of allow for weird. Real life is kind of you know fuzzy and abstract sometimes. Sure. Um, no, I agree. Um, so my the, my second afterlife question I'm gonna ask you, which these are totally like out of context, is like, hey, let's just talk about afterlife for a second because sure. you know last time you did was in November or something, and <laughs> I have questions. But, um, sure, go for it. Um, you are the person I think who podcasted and said this before I started reading it in forums. Um, and then this is not to be like it's your fault people started saying this, but I just want to see what you think about it. If you still <laughs> think this is the truth, um, this do you still back this up or not? Um, sure. Your position is Egon is playing. I'm going to say yes, just to be, just to be. <laughs> Just to be contrary. Like, I don't care what you ask. I'm just going to dig in and insist Do you think that Egon has diabetes because he's eaten too many Twinkies? And you're like, yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Like, um, but, um, no, like, my, this is a real question was, uh, your, your plot version, your headcanon version of, like, the scene where Egon gets taken out by the terror dog or whatever happens is that he is playing chess and he decides he's got to take himself off the board to make sure he can't be utilized by the terror dogs to undo his own plan. Right. Which is a sticking point that is stuck in my, like from the moment I watched the, that movie, I went, okay, but what if he, if he I thought that was, I was like, Oh no, they're going to get him. They're going to possess him. And then no, that's not what happened in the scene. But a lot of folks yeah. come out afterwards and said like, they disagree with that viewpoint. And then there's like production stuff of all these Sentinel terror dogs. So do you think like, do you, is that something that you still run with of how you read that scene? Or have you sort of changed how you view it? Or I mean, there's no right or wrong. I always think that like the way a person understands a text is their relationship with a text. So I'm not trying to be like, hey, dude, do you want to admit you're wrong about this? <laughs> like, I just mean like, how do you view that scene now? Like, say several months later. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I've wandered too far from it. I think when I first started talking about it, I think I kind of talked about it in terms of. Like, I think I specifically, you know, said that Egon basically, for lack of a better term, like he whacked himself, like he committed suicide or something. And I think a lot of people reacted strongly to that because my, that's, that's some pretty strong wording. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if, if I roll back anything is I think I kind of want to soften the, the whole that a little bit now that said i still kind of stick to this idea like because it's 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 a weird one that like the logic of the movie kind of relies on him being not possessable right like (sighs) yeah which is and i mean i mean we can walk through it here now like can the sentinel 
terror dogs not possess people? Like, are they literally attack dogs? Right. Um, you know, in which case, uh, yeah, in, in which case, I don't, but to see, the thing is, is, if you go that route, I'm, I'm dusting off, you know, synapses here that I haven't. That's all good. I, just, I, I didn't mean to, and I didn't mean to like surprise you with a question about it. No, it's not, a, it's, well, it's not a surprise. I mean, yeah. I, I said it, I just kind of need to, to, to wind up the, yeah. I haven't had to use a brain cell, cell in months. These How are dare. gotcha um, Ghostbusters questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. Yeah, I mean, there is two ways to go. It, it, it could be regarded as a he. So essentially what happens is he went to the thing. He got the his system up, which keeps, you know, Gozer and I guess potentially the other terror no because he the terror dogs actually did get out mm-hmm. because that's how they dismantled the system to get let gozer out sort of thing so that wasn't really stopping them no so there is this flaw that but then you know why aren't they wandering off and possessing townspeople <laughs> to go dismantle it right i'm trying to think yeah the thing is i haven't watched it in a few months either so i'm kind of trying to no it's all good I'm- yeah, I don't know that I'm necessarily. I don't necessarily back away from it because the other thing too is that again, narratively, a guy who breaks with his friends doesn't get mm-hmm. to say goodbye, uh, runs off, you know, to tilt at windmills, right, and then dies because he's old and the the stress got him, or the terror dog physically attacked him and it killed him. Um, that's just tragedy, which is I, not my favorite. Like I, I always, that that's just sad. And the thing is, it's already kind of a sad movie on a lot mm-hmm. of levels. I don't know yeah. if I needed the extra level of sad, right. but the no, funny agreed. part is, is I've talked to people who regard the whole heroic, uh, last, uh, heroic action of Egon interpretation mm-hmm. as sad as well. So sure. I can see why Jake, Jake, uh, at, yes, have some hates this. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this because it's come up and he, 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 he just, no, he just, that's not that. And I, and I can go for that as well. But like I say, for me, if, if you're going to go tilted windmills, vindication is nice, but like the ultimate sacrifice in the whole service of that being right thing is, it's just kind of a, a step up. Cause otherwise, yeah. what do we have? He, he, he. We're, we're glad he showed up as a ghost to help hold a proton thrower. Uh, I guess he built all that stuff and was right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But to have, you know, because the other thing that people are forgetting. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting all aggressive now. What are people forgetting? You're not paying attention to. Like the whole thing is, is he rushes home. He's got. <sighs> Trying to think now. I've joked that he runs in the house and he has to did, like that he has a remote drawer and his PKE run, meter has been in there yeah. for so long. Right? Like like that's the funny part to me is like he doesn't even take the PKE meter with him down to the mine because he's like, I know where to find ghosts at this point. I've been doing this so long that this doesn't do anything for me. But he yeah. goes and runs and grabs it out of the drawer, like with his stack of remotes. Like that's a drawer that you put stuff you don't use in. 
right? Like that's exactly everything else that's in the drawer is a bunch of television results and remotes that an old man has replaced yeah. with a universal remote. Undoubtedly, it's kind of right? it's kind of like running to the closet to 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 grab the shotgun and the yeah. box of shells you never use. Right. Um, it's kind of that same, and that's, I have that same feel. That's why, like, when I look at the scene, I'm like, I don't know how I want to read it these days, but I do feel yeah. like your interpretation is sort of this, like, what am I going to do as the last resort that I can do to stay on the board? Well, here, okay, right? so here's the thing. This, this, and this, this is kind of ties into this. Then, so he, God, this is the problem. I've had I had thirty plus years to internalize the first movie. I'm I'm only I'm only, <laughs> I've only had about thirty weeks like <laughs> into, into internalizing the second one. So he rushes home it, like a, in a mad rush. Yeah, like as in he got it up, but he knows he's being chased. Yeah. He retreats to home because home is where he's got options. He's got yep. gear, etc., which suggests then he didn't expect trouble. Otherwise, as you say, why would you not bring the zappy PKE meter? Why would you not bring a well, proton pack? It's a way to think about this. He was probably lo- planning to lure the whatever it was back to the house to use the field of traps. Like that's probably always part of the plan, right? Yeah. Well, this is the, and this is my question: Am I conflating the bit at the end where they had the thing wasn't working? Oh no! It happens twice. It happens twice. So at the beginning of the movie, his field didn't work. Yeah, he goes to activate it. It sparks the same way. And that's when he runs inside the house. He has dismantled and reconfigured most of the traps he has to trap Gozer in the well with his automatic with his automatic bonking stick proton. (laughs) (laughs) Bad Gozer. A sentinel a sentinel gets out. They can they can get out. Um, And he makes a he makes a run for home because that's the only place he's got options at this point. It also explains why when he went to the well, he's not armed because he yeah. has been reconfigured anything you regard as offensive slash defensive equipment to like, because again, PKE meters, you need something to sense that something's coming out of the hole and right. proton packs to zap it. So mm-hmm. he's he has committed his his arsenal to this plan something's after him. He returns home because that's the only place where he has any hope of. And again, this does kind of, okay, so he gets home and then want, figures the field will solve the problem. It does not work, which means he is now down to last options. Mm-hmm. And again, I guess you can, it doesn't really change the flip of the coin. You can either regard it as he goes, what's left? All I have is the reconfigured PKA meter that zaps. Right. But the thing is, is, <laughs> This is why I will I will continue to I'm not saying the other ways is I like I said I think as you say I'm I'm happy enough to admit depending on what makes you happier about the story you can go either way. It's just that for me somebody who intends to live yeah. does not go sit down in a chair and wait. Somebody who goes crap the 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 shotgun doesn't work I will now and, go find And who hides the trap first who like say, yes. I'm going to hide this inside a puzzle that I've designed that only somebody as smart as me will be able to open basically right, right? like he, he yeah. he's like he it, you know the gun didn't work so I'm going to take a knife and now I'm going to stand my ground and he you're not intending to die he prepared for for dying and then sat down which either way you look at it whether he zapped himself into cardiac arrest which is one thing i threw out there because he's holding his zapiotron thing Mm -hmm. or the stress or the attack uh, killed him either way egon went nope this is the last this is the end of it yeah they're gonna i'm they're gonna remove me from the board and i have made this contingency that hopefully will mean we will win the day 
but they're going to take me out. And in there, and like I said, once once Egon was gone, the 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 Sentinel, you know, retreated back to the mountain. So the, the they're like problem yep. handled, and they took off sort of thing. Right. So, like I said, I, and that's why I think the way I worded it felt a <laughs> felt way too. Yeah. It was a sacrifice. What I should have said more is I should have called, I should have talked about it more as a sacrifice, like as a a decision to sacrifice himself. Gotcha. Versus, versus some of the stuff I was kicking around at the time, which was, well, and actually this is where we get down to that last little thing was, can a sentinel terror dog, uh, like why was it chasing him? Right. Actually, because he's got a trap, right? He has a trap with the other terror dog in it. That's true. Got to retrieve that. But, oh I mean, right, that's how the thing got out. So right, yeah. So in my mind, yeah, got to retrieve trap because trap again. So that makes some sense. Trap, but that's what's interesting, right? Is like that. Like this is the part I don't get about the floor thing, right? Is like that terror dog takes him off the board. Then it's like couldn't find the other terror dog in the trap. Guess I'll leave now. Like it doesn't decide. Like I'm gonna start ripping up the house. <laughs> the sentinel terror yeah. dog is like kill the guy go back to the mountain right but a sentinel terror dog is not like kill the guy flip his chair over punch a hole in the floor look for the thing i'm looking for right it's just well, like attacks again, him this, because this it's funny because now we're, we're now we're assigning things that we don't know necessarily that the supernatural creature can do sure. can the supernatural the supernatural creature can chase a human right do we know that it was chasing the human or do we know that it was, uh, you know, chasing the trap? Right. If it was chasing the trap, could it, you know, could it not sense the trap? And as you say, again, you kind of have to go with the, well, what suits the story? What suits the story is without the human, it, it, it can't solve that last problem. Right. Which again, then kind of brings us back to like you, like, like it kind of needs Egon in order to find, you know, to hand over or find trap, killing an mm-hmm. Egon is not going to solve the where's the trap problem. Right. But an Egon that, you know, is no longer available. <laughs> an Egon that removes himself. Yeah. This is this right. is the split hair, and this is where people kind of can decide what they like or mm-hmm. don't like. Is a, an Egon who goes year and and let's be fair here this is an eon who has studied these things for 30 years probably the preeminent expert in the world knowing what these things can and can't do and understands that if you don't have me uh say to you know to um i guess like i said the simple solution would be possess him because then you're if nothing else you can at least go back and bust up the stuff or whatever. Right. There's options there. If you can't, if you don't have me to tell you where it is, you'll never find it. And so yeah. that's why it makes a little certain amount of sense to. Yeah. I, you know, I don't disagree a, with you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, I mean, like I said, like, so sorry if I caught you in a weird question, but it was like kind of, no. I thought about this a lot after you brought it up and like, I was like, wow. Okay. Like, cause I saw it start to circulate in discussions amongst people and I remembered that you had kind of said it and I didn't, you know, I, I recently, I told you before earlier, I re-listened to your podcast from like November cause I wanted <laughs> to get fresh on the last thing you were talking yeah. about. But like, I began thinking about all the sort of logical ways in which that, does, that scene has to play out. 
It, like, why can't it just grab him and be like, cool, you're my ride now. This is like, I'm Venom. <laughs> like I'm, it's Egon yeah. Venom and now let's go. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like, I, I don't, yeah, I think that there's uh it's hard to kind of look at it. And I don't necessarily know that that was the way the scene was conceived. I be given all the, the concept art that exists of terror dogs and things. I don't know what they were planning on doing with that scene or what, yeah. if it was longer, I've, you know, whatever the point being that, um, I think you can read it that way and it's not necessarily um, like a disrespectful read, right? It's not like, Oh, he was, he just quit. And it's like, no, some it's people, like he literally is being strategic. It's kind of sad. Some, some people, it, but... some people thought it was disrespectful because it felt like we were making the decision then to, dis- yeah. to kill off Egon. And it's like, <laughs> eh. um, but you, 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 you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, if we ever get the chance to like sit down and have a beer with Jason Reitman, we can, yeah. we, can we can ask him. Hey, what like, were you actually going for here? But yeah, but but they may have. And here's the thing: they could have conceived it one way, and you know, the, 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 the movies yeah. the movies come out in the edit, and whether they decided just for shortness or curtness or, or even ambiguity, where they maybe right. said, you know what, if we Let do the this, make the side like, the viewers. It's up to them what 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 you know, how this plays out sort of thing. We don't know, but from where I'm at, I am big on, you know, I'm the guy that cries at the end of uh, Iron Giant when he plays Superman. Cause I, yeah. I have, I have a real soft spot for, uh, for heroic sacrifices. Sure. Uh, ultimate sacrifices because you know, it's in the title ultimate sacrifice. That's a yep. big deal, but you know, uh, apologies to, to to Jake. I anybody else that like heard it and was <laughs> you were not required incensed. to apologize for your your viewpoint no, on this. It was not I, like, I think hey, I, do you want to do you want to say you're sorry? <laughs> like, that was not the question. I'm I'm happy to apologize because I didn't I didn't want to re- rain on anybody's parade and 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 really I didn't really realize that people like in my head I would float the idea and people would just kind of go eh, or sure or yeah yeah no no like. What I hadn't anticipated that was that people, some people saw it as, it wasn't just me. Like, I remember. No, there were several people talking. talking it was like, like, oh, that's what it was. Like, I think, I think when he was first commenting on it, Jake was saying, like, AJ made a similar comment that that's how he read it as well. Right. Like a similar uh, reaction to how that played out, uh, to, 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 to me, AJ may have changed. So I don't want to speak for AJ and sure. frankly. Uh, it's all hearsay. It's Jake hearsay. I don't know, <laughs> but um, it was, this was some people right now are listening to this podcast and like who 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 are these who are we people? <laughs> who is well, it Jake? well, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you should, should know these names because yeah. yeah, level up, kids. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm happy to apologize that I didn't really kind of want to. I didn't. I didn't think I'd rattle anybody's head cannon. I, I never want to do that, and. Um, you know, I do did. sometimes. I admit, sometimes. I, I I ran around telling people after Afterlife, my favorite thing about the movie was that it yeah. showed us that franchises aren't canon. Yeah. <laughs> and that here, was just antagonizing the... people. I was like, "You're in a Ghostbusters franchise? <laughs> well, that's not canon. That's nice. It's really great that you out and like create charity for people, but you're not canon. Just want to let you know, all that ever happened to Ghostbusters is they failed and went out of business. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I can get I can get all film school about it, which is if you'd expect anyone Ghostbuster to go down swinging and not want to die and you know perish in the attempt, it's Ray because that's a hot yeah. move. Sure. If if I want to get all film schooly about it, the fact that there's a chess set 
set up and he plays chess with Phoebe. It's that Egon is a is a mind mm-hmm. uh, approach to the world. There's so a very that, so slim possibility my, that we won't be immediately destroyed. I mean, right? Let's go back to the first does, movie. He's, he, he does the odds. He does the calculations. He yeah. plays the chess. He thinks what what is what is hiding a uh, a trap in in the floor and and stopping your own heart but three moves ahead chess wise from you know the from the forces of of gozer sort of thing um so that's kind of where it, f- it fits most to me is that the you know of the ghostbusters the ultimate strategist made yeah. one last strategic desperate strategic move and uh, yeah, and then we watch the movie, and it pays off in the end. Yeah, and in the end, but, I mean, I think like you can read the scene either way, right? Like you, you don't have. That's my absolutely. biggest thing. I'll always I'm say not, about. I would, yeah, I would never tell anybody that it has to be. I always think this about way. the things that are not on screen, right? Like you can. There's a lot of things you can argue about are canon because they're on screen, and like yeah. my the running joke. If you know you you know Ryan Dole a bit, I believe, and so Ryan Dole's running joke is that Ghostbusters Two is not really canon. know Ryan Dole. Well, that may, may be true, but but. He, he'll argue that Ghostbusters 2 is not canon and Ghostbusters the video game is just to antagonize everyone and I am there oh, for it every time I love it it makes me laugh so hard but like I give it one more give it one more year and he's gonna flip and he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> insist that Ghostbusters 1 is not canon and Ghostbusters 2 is if Ryan if you're listening out there uh, we, we love you um, and we really appreciate your Gotham City uh, podcast as well so um, but I I think that I think about headcanon in this way, which is that um, uh, the reader is ultimately the person who interprets the text, right? Yeah. You're, every person's interaction with the movie is their own. And there's certain things that we agree upon because they happen on screen and we see them. And so we go, yeah, those are things that totally happen. And then there's ways that you read things and interpret things about a character's motives, their intents, yeah. all the things that we connect with that are like the interstitial tissue of why you like Harry Potter, Right. Because you like decide that this is who Harry Potter mm-hmm. is. And besides the fact of what I see on screen, he probably likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just like me or whatever it is. Right. And so it's just like, yeah, people build these relationships with characters they have. And so I can understand why some people got so like, that's never a thing that my interpretation of Egon Spangler would ever do. <laughs> right. But it's like we all have our own interpretations yeah. of it. And it's like, yeah. so, um, I just wanted to bring it up because I was something I thought about a bunch. Like I watched that scene and was like, well, what just happened? Like what, like we got a cut, but what took place? And to be real, like I watched that the first time I watched the movie, I was sitting in the same aisle as Ivan Reitman and he was on the complete opposite end of my row. And I believe when the movie opened, I audibly said, what the fuck just happened? So um, like I was like, because I was just like, what just I said it out loud, and I don't think he heard me because I was way far away. But I was just like in the moment, I was like, what what's happening? Like I'm watching yeah. this thing I've been waiting for, and I'm the kid who dressed up as Egon for Halloween, all versions, <laughs> blonde, brunette, yeah. whatever. Like Egon's yeah. my dude. I may be Vic Maniac on the internet, but it's mostly because Spengler Maniac doesn't sound as good. <laughs> but, At the end of the day, you know, I the thing is 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 both in interpretations are interpreted that way because to the person making that interpretation that's what they see as their hero at yeah at their most heroic unfortunately it also means then that when you hear the other person's interpretation it sounds like the least heroic interpretation it's it's like you go what that sounds cowardly but it's like no it's it's actually there's a way for you to look at it so um so so really it was a random long-winded answer to no, it's okay. To, and we've we've ignited the argument all over again online. Excellent. Um, yes, this was the plan. I, I await 
I await Jake's angry tweets. I plan so. was to go negative to make the internet work for me. There you go. There you <laughs> but, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking for a while, and I feel like I didn't ask you a lot about what's going on with you. So, um, what's going on with you? Where have you been? What like we oh, you, we relaxing. haven't heard from you. So, what have you been working on? What are you doing? Just working. I mean, I talked about it on the 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 uh, Crossrip podcast that. My my day job is game design, and that's what yeah. I'm up to. If you hit, hit up Steam and search for uh, Sword of the Stars, The Pit 2, um, you know, some people may have heard me talk about the other games over the years, and we're working on, you know, the new ones. So cool. That, that's it. We're, it's in early access, which means I spend a lot of time listening to people give feedback, and we tweak yeah. away at it. And for the moment, it's relatively cheap. I think 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Can't remember what we're selling it for at the moment because I'm old and my. Short-term memory sucks, but yeah, we've added a whole bunch of content over the last year, and soon we'll leave early access, and that'll be a whole other rush of busy and crunch and all that. But uh, from yeah. a game designer's perspective, mm. what are you ex- what are you excited about about the new Ghostbusters game that's coming out? Uh, I think they made the the I don't know if I describe it as ex- excited, but what I'm most pleased decision-wise that they made was. Like I, I'm not, I'm 100 sure how I feel about the asymmetrical. Gotcha. Um, I didn't mean to be like, thing. "Hey, yeah, I'm going to preload, and you must be excited." Um, sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't play a lot of those types of games, so yeah. I don't think I'll hate it. I, but I've just, I, at the same time, I have no. I hope it does this element of the game better because like, I don't, I don't play that kind of thing a lot. But uh, and this is just something that just recently, I think yesterday or whatever, that IGN posted. They got the exclusive look at the character builder. Um, and I yeah. don't know necessarily that it's going to go far enough for everybody to, to make it like it's, we're not talking like, you know, wrestling game level of mm-hmm. customization of your character, but the fact that they gave you any amount of customization and, you know, these are games, which means, you know, the game can come out in three, you know, Christmas comes along and they do a little DOC bump to, you know, get people playing again or to, you know, to, to buy it when they didn't have it right. before. So. There's always room to add in more to the character customization stuff, uh, particularly if the game does well. But as a starting point, uh, be a guy, be a girl, change your body type, uh, fiddle around with your hair and your hair color and skin color and all that. Like I say, the trouble with these customization things is they, depending on on you know the art behind it, the art resources behind it, may not you know stretch far enough to let everybody feel like they captured sure. themselves right but it's more than we've had in any other game to date so like i'm any interested game to date, i think i'm interested to see how it kind of uh contrasts with whatever they're doing for the the um I, i'm i forget the not right name for this but i guess it's a i think it's meta um like it's a metaverse game that they're doing that's uh the, yeah the vr thing because the vr experience game that they're doing oddly enough has like pro promo images of furries <laughs> busting ghosts like people dressed up as like a pink cat and a ghostbuster suit and you're like well this is the really far end of the spectrum on custom character customization um because now you can be a pink cat that busts ghosts so that's the um, that's the wild west right now i mean basically what that means is that it's piggybacking off of some other portion of the metaverse thing which means you have your own it's it'd be like having the Roblox version of, of a sure. Ghostbusters game. You make your avatar in Roblox and then for this one game you also happen to get to 
you know, slap on a proton pack and maybe change into a uniform if you want, but you're still running around with a kitty face and dragon wings and whatever, <laughs> right? And that's fine, but that's that's its own other thing too. Like that's the ultimate express yourself however you want. Sure. And I think some people will love that. It'll be perfect for them. And I think other people will go, well, that's kind of one step too far for my, uh, my, uh, uh, you know, what's I'm trying to describe here immersion into the world sort yeah. of thing like Fair enough. I can't really immerse myself into the world of Ghostbusters when you're walking around as you know Tony the Tiger with you know a, a helmet <laughs> you're a of combat fire or banana. whatever <laughs> a combat banana with a proton pack <laughs> like, yeah um. yeah so so we'll see where that ends up I mean that that whole thing is literally the wild west because there's a lot of work that's got to be done just to make that mainstream for the moment, mainstream remains, you know, PC and console, and um, yeah, the, it's. I mean, I, I have no doubt it's going to be fun. Um, I think people are going to. I'm interested to see how it shakes up because the whole conceit of Ghostbusters is wanting to be a Ghostbuster. So part of me feels like the game, at a certain point, unless it's built into it that now it's your turn and we we'll mm-hmm. all have a, we're all going to have to have that turn at some point. Yeah, it feels. Otherwise, it feels a lot like. How come I'm always the ghost? Like, it's like I don't want to play Indians when you're the cowboy. That's oh boy, I that's, actually think the ghost that kids mechanic. game is a little PC now. Um, but, uh, PC, but, it is. But you yeah. said my point is is nobody. I I don't want to be the robber. I want to be the cop. I should have yeah. went with that one. Cut that out. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm hoping it's a session based thing where it just you know zzz, like. You're the ghost this time, and everybody goes, it's random. It's my yeah. turn. Great. I'm going to be the best ghost I can be. And I'm excited about the ghost zzz. dynamic. I think the way that they've like made this concept of uh, you can create a rift inside of the objects um, and then kind of defend the rift thing that they're doing. Like I, I like that mechanic. I just think it's a cool yeah. idea of like, hey, you're not just a ghost and you're like running from first-person shooter people, but you can strategically decide where you're going to hide yourself, where you get to, your respawn points are, and kind of change yeah. up like move throughout and hide. And so it kind of creates the need for investigating the levels more as opposed to just, Hey, run and gun and shoot, you know? So I'm, I'm interested. I'm really excited about it, but it's, it's a good, it's, I mean, that's exactly how these asymmetrical multiplayer games are, right? It's like you, there's, you're being chased by X amount of average players. And then you're the one character that's got lots of stuff, but there's only one of you. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, it'll be fun because, Sooner or later, you know, people will have little exploits. If I, you know, <laughs> if I jam this here, they'll never find it or whatever. Like, we'll yeah. see how it goes. But, uh, um, you know, given that the only other option we had up to this point was, you know, multiplayer be the Ghostbusters, which is fun in, enough in its own right, and go hunt a ghost. Right. I think this one lends itself a lot more to, you know, people not playing a ghostbuster but actually being a ghostbuster and i don't know we'll see if it's done right too it could be a lot of fun to that you know maybe the some of how they present the ghosts and all that can maybe you know help inform back into the the movies and all that you know what the rules of ghosts are because that's still kind of a wide open thing or maybe who cares maybe it's all wide open forever but it's fun so I'm realizing how long we've been talking and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I just realized how long we're, we're talking. Um, I 
apologize if I've been keeping us long because I'm like, oh, it's after time we were going to talk. Um, so if we need to if we need to punch out, I totally understand. Um, but I had I did want to ask you what you thought of um, what I mean. Obviously, I think we're all excited about the next Ghostbusters movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to be like, no, I don't care about the next one. That was good enough. But um, <laughs> out of the different Ghostbusters projects that are coming out, other than the movie, what do you yeah. kind of what are you most anticipating? What are you looking for? Or excited about the most? that's really hard to say because actually i think i'm most interested in the next movie Um, that's fair because every everything else is you know a la real ghostbusters a la the video games it's Mm -hmm. nice to have but it is not central to the to the franchise so they will you know that's why maybe the animated stuff has gone quiet for a while while they try and sort that out or because, you know, surprise, surprise, then, you know, we find out, oh, another movie is on its way sort of thing. I am most interested in the movie because this is the next step that does, uh, you know, the, if, if Afterlife reestablished the continuation of the, the, the franchise line, then the next one is the one that's going to set up everything mm-hmm. that comes after it. So That's fair. And a lot of it feels like kind of the stuff we guessed about, right? Like, they 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 had to shake, shake things up. They had to deal with the death of Egon. Um, so they went to Oklahoma and had a little family story, and now it's back to New York to tell you know a New York ghost story. Uh, no idea if Paul Rudd will be back, but it does sound like the kids will be back because time wise, by the time they make that next <laughs> movie, they're not. Uh, you know, they're all high school or yeah, they're not least, kids they're, anymore. They're not kids anymore, right? Like, like by the time they get like, to the next movie, like they'll be able to go buy beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right well Fee- at, at worst phoebe will be maybe about to leave you know high school right. and uh you know um uh finn's character now is you know in university all that sort of thing right like there's room now to set the kids up to move sure. things forward uh but also i i still think paul rudd will have to be there because i think at the end of the day you know you kind of i think people still make movies and they kind of want um, I mean, this is extreme longevity for a franchise to have yeah. people that are barely into, and not some of them not even into their, I don't even know if Finn's into his 20s, so maybe none of them right. are into their 20s yet. That Sure, that gives you a lot of options for a, a franchise mm-hmm. moving forward, but, you know, I don't, I, I think next time that will I think Ernie Hudson will be billed, like, front and center. He'll be, he'll be a real big push. As a, as a name and a face people recognize. I think Paul Rudd, we talked about it, it's got to come back. Um, but that but that's why I'm excited because I don't know I don't I don't know what decisions they've made and I want to see where they go with it because sure. all we know at this point is yeah, it's returning to New York at this point. Yeah. Um, and plus, probably in a CG firehouse. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that's the that's the one thing. Like everybody's like, there's no nothing. Some people, some people, I should say, you know, they they hate answer the call. They there's there's nothing good about it. I was like, did you not see the interior (laughs) fire hall that they replicated? (laughs) It is spot on. And guess what? It doesn't exist in the real world anymore. So maybe stop your pitching. Like the end the end credit sequence of Afterlife was it. That's all that remained of what mm-hmm. existed for real to get one last shot of it. 
and then according to gone, so. according to Adam the Woo's video, that basement has been gutted. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Everything. you're not getting so. that containment unit back in there. Okay, <laughs> that's it. So I, you know, um, I'm curious to see where this all goes. I'm curious to see why they made such a big deal of, uh, you know, setting up. Um, you know, it, she was a fun choice. Uh, Olivia Wilde, is that right? I'm getting mm-hmm. names. Yep, for Gozier. Um, but she's also kind of a... Uh, well, I mean, she's winning awards right now at the Cannes Film Festival and all that, right? Like, mm-hmm. she, she's kind of a high-powered name to just come in for a fun role as, as Gozer. Sure. Right? So, you know, maybe they have more they want to cover there. J.K. Rowling, you know, I, I understand... J.K. Simmons, J.K. J.K. Rowling. If J.K. Rowling comes into Ghostbusters, things are going to get oh, really interesting. <laughs> going to get real. Everybody's going to get real fighty real fast. J.K. Rowling's in the next movie. A lot of people are going to have to get real cool about a lot of stuff real quick. Um, sorry, J.K. Simmons. J. Jonah Jameson has. Um, that, that's all, you could have said that, and I wouldn't have even noticed. That's how I, I'm like, oh yeah, the guy who hates Spider-Man. He's in the movie. <laughs> He's he's a he's a big again could absolutely one hundred percent be a hey do you want to do you like Ghostbusters and we're friends do you want to come have this little role thing he's also a perfectly awesome person to then you know if if the next movie has to dial in more on the Shandor story or well God okay now this is bringing up some of the last stuff we talked about on, on the podcast was um, Crossrip was. The blanks on where Egon went and why are mildly covered, but there is no coverage of how we got from non-canon Ghostbusters to Ryan Dole to um, <laughs> to Afterlife. We have no like the timeline has no, not been true. explained where he found a wife and had a child and why they broke up and all this stuff. So. Yeah, that's why I'm most excited. Is is it, I I love me anything Ghostbusters. Um, Dark Horse's new comics will be coming. I'm sure we'll yeah. find out about them soon enough. Love them. I'll get them all because that's what I do. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more video game stuff coming because Sony's really really good at at getting that stuff out into the video game realm. I, I can't wait to see that. The animated thing I think is a given because at the end of the day. If you can't sort out the Netflix series for yeah. Ghostbusters, then do an animated one, just so right. at least everybody who loves Ghostbusters love it. A new generation of kids kind of get hip to it, all that stuff. And I think that's going to be, be a great. big deal. Like, I, I really think that the Ghost, that I, you know, I, we'll see what, I don't think there'll be anything at Hasbro PulseCon this year in terms of toys, but um, no. I think there's a reason why real Ghostbusters um, toys are showing up at Entertainment Earth and getting the non-Walmart push now. Um, because that could yeah. have been stuff that was just like, hey, it's like we're getting rid of warehouse stuff. But I don't get that impression, especially at the same time as you watch the old cartoon land itself on Amazon for streaming. You know, it's like now, yeah. oh, you're a Prime member? Feel free to watch all, the, not all the episodes. Oh, close. We saved close. you from the Slimer misery. <laughs> enough that you watch those. But. Enough that you don't know the difference. Yeah, there's you know, three I'm, nerds on the internet that are making a list of what's missing and what's changed. Oh, but those the rest three of you guys! Have no idea. I'm one of those three guys, and I know which of those episodes has the Tahiti music in it and which don't. Um, but. I shouldn't even say you know uh, three nerds on the internet, like because the thing is, is a we all know 
who those people are, and yeah. uh, they're they're nice people. I shouldn't be calling. Yeah, them no, names. I, I don't think. They're, they're, I, I, don't I, think I, I guarantee. I guarantee you, if he hasn't posted already, uh, Paul Rudolph at Spook Central is making a list of what's different on, on he Prime hasn't. and all that stuff. He hasn't yet, but he I've will. talked about. He it. will. <laughs> he will. It was an episode one of my um, podcast, but it is yet to appear on Spook Central. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the all that stuff will be cool and exciting. I mean, in the animated stuff in its own way, because it sounds like they do kind of want to use it to help set up where the movies go, especially yeah. if you want to expand it out around the world and all that sort of thing. But uh, like I say there was a lot of stuff that was left unanswered from afterlife and the next movie will have hopefully answer it. Yeah. So that's what I'm most excited about right now. Cool. Um, yeah. I want to be, I feel like I already wasn't respectful of your time, so I'm sorry. <laughs> we talked for like two hours. So, uh, but yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate this conversation with you. And, it was um, fun. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. it's a Saturday. I mean, I, I got nothing better to do. I'm gonna go upstairs and eat a hot dog and <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> stare at a wall. Like I'm do just my best slimer impression. Care. I'm gonna eat a hot dog and do my best slimer impression. <laughs> I've actually got a mock hot hot dog cart upstairs, and I try to pop out of it while I eat hot dogs. That's exactly. what I do on Saturdays. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's great. But no, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I, I do mean this in a, I didn't want to like fanboy out at you at the beginning of this, but um, Troy knows this. Uh, you all helped to keep me sane during COVID. So thank you. Um, my, my ability to check in every Monday and as I waited for the movie that was going to be my finish line of COVID. Cause it was, that was how I got through COVID part of it was like, okay, things are really bad. Things are really terrible. Things are really sad. Uh, you're working from home. Now you have nothing in your education life of your career is working. Cause you now work from home and never see your students. Nothing is working at all, but the <laughs> ghostbusters movie's coming. And then like every few weeks, somebody would go, you know, those goalposts you've been thinking about, let's just move those. Um, and it was really hard uh, at certain points. And I, I really appreciated my ability on Mondays to know that like there was a piece of a uh, sort of uh, rep- re- expect- expected, I don't know, routine uh, to being able to be a Ghostbusters <laughs> fan who didn't feel like he was going out of his mind. So thank you for the well, cross rip. I know that it's been a while since there's been an episode and I know there's a lot of other people listening to this podcast who are very appreciative to you and Troy for um, all of the time and all of the fun that you have given us. So thank you. Well, uh, you're welcome, and thank thank you. I'll try to play down my natural Canadianness because I'm <laughs> kind of uncomfortable right now. <laughs> but I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad of two things. I'm glad of anybody uh, you know w- you know was felt comfortable and got something coming to hang out with us. Because let's be honest, those things that that's what Troy and I were using them for there during the pandemic too was our reason to not go. Yeah. Like, like Troy on, uh, on Twitter would day 472. And I'm like, Oh boy. Like Tro- Troy has a, Troy has received a merit badge for me in the form of a piece of artwork that commemorates, uh, um, the, the groundhog day movie because of his yeah. repeated posting of the clock rolling over every single day uh, on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. This is, you've earned an award for this as the person who uh, used the meme to keep most of us mentally healthy. Congratulations. Like, so, yeah. yeah. So I, no, I don't mean I, to get all I gushy at the that. end of this, but I, no, I, no, I, I, I appreciate you. I, so I, 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 yeah, still mildly uncomfortable, but I, like I said, I'm glad, 
I'm glad it helped. I'm glad it helped anybody, even if it was just you. Because at, at times, Troy and I were just like, I nobody could be listening, but we got to keep doing this because, yeah, the world, he was stuck at home and he had, you know, a small child to, to worry about. And I had a not as small child to worry about, but, you know, there was. Sometimes a, you were letting us just step away and, from stuff to build an ecto. So, like, yeah, right. And, and, and. You know, I, I, Troy was just, in, you know, in, invited to not have to go into an office. Uh, you know, in my situation, I had an office with a lease that we had to pay for and we yeah. weren't in it. <laughs> like, so we all, it's so every, you know, whatever it was, every Wednesday night or whatever, <coughs> to be able to sit down with Troy and just, just forget it to nerd out. So I'm, I'm happy if it, that helped other, and that, the other thing I'm glad about is, is that while it's not technically over, the pandemic dialed down enough that we were able to stop and we weren't inundated with people going, well, it's time to exit the world. It's like, no, please <laughs> don't put that on us. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, and actually, frankly, I'm m more impressed that you're here. Like I said, I talked about it. The, you made it to four. Keep going. Cause you know, at the end of the day, um, Troy and I only did that stuff, you know, not only to amuse ourselves, but, you know, hopefully to kind of just shore up the fandom as a whole. I mean, that's why proton charging existed was it. Sure. I knew there was a fandom and people who like ghostbusters, but it didn't feel big enough yet or connected enough. And, you know, that's why AJ started GB fans. And that's why Paul started spook central. And, you know, all of us in that first wave kind of, you know, we're getting older now and I'm, I'm not saying I I'm less, any less nerdy, but at a certain point it's like, I started proton charging just as an experiment to see how long you could do something on the web. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out, Oh, you can kind of do it for a long time. I was like, I, I, I don't necessarily want to keep going just for my own sake. And mostly because in order to trust and feel that the fandom is going to continue, I kind of need to just step away and, see that it stands up on its own like that sure. sounds a little bit like me bragging that i was holding it up i'm not it was a whole no, bunch think, of us it still is a whole bunch way. still a whole bunch of us that like and i mean even in my own small way like proton charging on twitter hasn't gone away and all that stuff like for my own mental health i had to back out of facebook but the twitter's still fun and i still play around with that and i'm still trying to use instagram proton charging better and but the point is is that if i you know not to get all modeled and all that, but if I like just said, ah, screw it. Or, you know, if I fell off the world tomorrow, it'd be really nice to know that, you know, uh, yourself and, you know, and even more to the point with these new movies and all that younger kids will start doing what yeah. we all did, which was, you know, I'd like to do a podcast or I want to start a website sure. or I want to do X, Y, Z because that's what star Wars did. That's what star Trek did is over time enough fans just, yeah, you know, we, we, we're still kind of measured. Well, actually we're not, this is one of the reasons why I'm happy is because it seemed like for the longest time, I think at its peak for a very short window of time, um, uh, uh, with crossing the streams and, and, um, and all that, that there were two Ghostbusters podcasts kind of simultaneously. Yeah. And then they went away and for a while it was the one. And then, you know, every once in a while, you know, one would start and stop and, you know, kind of now we're at the point where there's a handful of them mm -hmm. and, you know, plus yes, have some, which while it's not hundred percent Ghostbusters is, you know, died in the wool Ghostbusters. Sure, of course. Uh, so yeah. 
It's called Yes Have Some. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it can't. Exactly. You know, it's, it's it's in its DNA. Um, so I I kind I kind of like the idea that yeah I I think this is this is the way I'd like it from now on is every once in a while somebody actually remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me come on and babble for an hour or so. No, as long, and then as, I back off and just you know, well, keep, you'll keep keep trick. You'll always be welcome to come babble here. So I'm, I hope okay, that's well. clear. And I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable by being emo. So it, it not not super uncomfortable, but I, I mean, at the end, like even the website, much like the podcast, was never done for accolades. Sure. So to get accolades is kind of unnerving. Yeah. But, uh, but, you but know, I appreciate it. Thank you very I, much. You know, I'm, I'm going to say accept them because you, you need to. No, I refuse. <laughs> no, I refuse to say that people like me. I refuse. No. Return to sender. <laughs> That's uh, it. Yeah. I hate everyone and I'm misanthropic and I'm coming on to <laughs> podcasts once in a while to tell all you old, all you youngsters how it used to be in the world of Ghostbusters. That's right. See, you, you can you can level up still. You can. I don't know if it's leveling up or leveling down, but there is a, a oh, place to go. A, there is a place to go. I don't want to go there. No, um, don't go so, there. No. But um, we'll put a pin in it there, I guess. But thank you so much for coming on, and uh, um, I thank you for everything that you've contributed to the fandom. And I hope that you'll come back and visit with us again sometime soon. So thank you. Yes, I will. All right. Have a great something. <laughs> Hot dog. Have a, have dog. a great hot dog. Have a great hot dog. And don't, <laughs> don't injure yourself in the process of hot dogging. Thank you very much. Okay. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Extraplasm. If you've got something to share for a future episode, or if you'd just like to comment and share something about how you felt about the episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Extraplasm, or you can email the podcast at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, please do me a solid and feel free to uh, go off and write a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever podcasting platform of your choice uh, because those reviews make a big difference in helping a podcast find its footing and connect with fans like you who will like the same kind of stuff. So if you have a chance to do that, I'd really appreciate it. It helps out the podcast a lot. And with that in mind, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Extraplasm. And as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.